Hello everybody, welcome to the 12th uh, something heavy cast. 12th. 12th. Yeah. Yeah, number 12. I'm Robert. I'm Chris. And uh, it's a geeky podcast. We talk about nerd and geek stuff. And of course, this week the big topic of discussion is going to be the Netflix original series, Daredevil. Right. Because that came out like... Day or two ago. Uh, came out this past Friday or yesterday. Yeah. Today is Saturday, so that would have been yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But you're watching this on Monday, so, so it was a couple of days ago. So you should have finished it by now. Yeah, you should be done. So none of this should be spoilers. Okay. And yeah. if it is, fuck you. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't get that far. I only got. So we'll talk up uh, up till the episode stick. Yeah. Because I'm ahead. As far as I got, I'm ahead of you. Okay. Um. I have to say, it is it, it has lived up to every expectation I had of it. Yeah? It's fucking incredible. I love it. It's pretty good. I'm, I've never been, like, I've never really read Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I have, like, a basic understanding. Like, I know who Stick is. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I have the most understanding of, like, the Frank Miller Daredevil, which I guess this is mostly based off of. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so I like it. I think it's a little uh, slow at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I... At, at the beginning, I wasn't very happy with the guy who played Foggy. <laughs> yeah. But he grew on me very quickly. Yes. And I like him a lot. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah. you know, he needs to go to Poundtown with uh, the blonde girl. With uh, Karen Page? Yeah. Okay, well. But, see, that's it was, she's, the, she's an issue for me. Uh-huh. Because her character spends all this time with Foggy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, all of her time with Foggy. Mm-hmm. But she's all hung up on Matt. Yep. Which makes no sense, because they, like... Well, because... They've okay. spent, like, two two minutes together, if you put it all together. <laughs> well, okay. First, you got to understand, Matt Murdock being blind, a lawyer, and then carved out of Marvel, right. he crushes tons of ass. Sure. Or he wants everybody to think he does. Right. Which Foggy kind of explains to... To Karen. Karen. But what you have to understand is that... I, I, I've seen that a lot online where people are like, you know, I didn't like Foggy at first, and I think that's just the way the character was written in the first episode. I didn't like the way the character was written in the first episode. For me, it didn't have to do with the. It was the actor. It was Eldon Henson. Yeah, it's it just he seemed he was a little too much for me. He was trying way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. But then it kind of it started to work. Okay. Well, I I didn't like I understood, and if anybody has read the Daredevil comics, you know that that's how Foggy is. He's just this big, like over the top, doesn't know how to so uncomfortable with his own skin, doesn't know what really to do with. It. That's how Foggy is. Right. Okay. And he's the antithesis of Matt. Right. Matt's very smooth, very calm, very collected, and then Foggy's like the the nerdy guy who doesn't really know what to do with his hands. Right. Um, and it's interesting that you say that Foggy and Karen spend all this time together, and it's it's clear from like the second he meets Karen that he's in love with her. Right. Um, and, you know, he goes through all this stuff working with Karen, and they, they build this relationship, and they really do, but Karen is very quickly hung up on Matt. Right. And for those of you who read the comics... And I'll give you a little... Do you want a little comic war? Sure. Okay. Um, Karen and Matt have a very, very long and very tragic love story. Oh, uh, okay. Um, there's a there's a, a comic arc, I guess it's Guardian Devil, where Karen and Matt are together for a long time, and she figures out that he's Daredevil. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember if he, if he tells her or if she just puts two and two together. So as much as she was in love with blind lawyer Matt Murdock, she's completely and totally head over heels in love with blind ninja warrior lawyer matt murdoch right okay um they are together for a very long time she ends up leaving him uh to go be an actress uh-huh. because that's the logical jump 
sure. in comics as a secretary actress. Yeah. Um, but she ends up working in Mexican porno, addicted to heroin. Oh. As you do. Delightful. Yes, that's 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 the thing about Daredevil. Daredevil's always been very grim. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's part of the Marvel Knights line. Yeah. It's like it's on par with like the Punisher, where it's just like, yeah, there's no like fancy costumes, and you know everybody's gonna wave it. No, it's fucking grim. Like it's yeah. nobody really gets away happy. Yeah. Well, during Guardian Devil, Daredevil, what happens is there's I'm leaving out all the details because I would need like another half hour to explain what happens. Basically, Karen believes that she has HIV. Okay. And she comes back to Matt for help and to like tell him, hey, you might have HIV. Mm-hmm. Which so she's trying to force gump him. Basically. basically, she's trying to force gump him. All right. But neither one of them have HIV. Okay. She's just being manipulated by Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up dying during the course of this battle between Mysterio and Daredevil. Okay. Um, so we know going into the show that Karen is going to be head over heels in love with Matt. Um, I don't know how much that's going to work out. Because, A, we know her how her story goes. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming they're not going to do that <laughs> in the first season, at least. Right. And then we know that Elektra is coming to the show in season two. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. That's what the rumor. Or not the rumor, it's what I read online. Okay. Well, and then um, the, uh, the the doctor chick. Mm-hmm. The nurse. The, uh, uh, nurse night yeah. nurse, yeah. yeah. Which, actually, I didn't know that that was a legit comic character. <coughs> like, I looked it up and I was like oh shit that's Night Nurse like okay because I didn't know who that character was supposed to be at first she's like, literally oh. called Night Nurse that is her because she's a nurse who works at night oh it has nothing to do with the color of her skin no 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 <laughs> that's, not what I was, that's not what I was getting at racist no because what it sounded like to me is that she's like a superhero called Night Nurse no that would be the worst superhero name ever yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. She's just. She's. She has no power. She's just a nurse who like works with. Yeah. With Matt to heal him up and stuff like that, and um. They have a little thing on and off for years, but I don't think it ever becomes as grandiose as, as Matt and Karen. Okay. Um, well, because yeah, I think the way that they're handling it on the show with with Karen, mm-hmm. as a person who doesn't read the comics, is that these little like little snippets of her like being inter- into Matt seem like really out of nowhere because she's spending all this time with Foggy, mm-hmm. and he's clearly into her, and she seems clearly into Foggy. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much immediate, you're like, you guys gonna do the deal yet? Mm -hmm. What's up? But then, uh, like, out of nowhere, she's like, oh, that. And it's like, wait, what? Where did that come from? And you can even see Foggy's reaction when he starts putting two and two together that, oh, she kind of has feelings for Matt. Yeah, and and he's probably, in his head, being like, dude, they, like, literally have spent a minute in the same room together. They have. But, to be fair... There is an enigmatic quality about just Matt Murdock right. by himself. You know, he's his. He, look, look, if you look at his story, I know. I just, you know, I have a hard time with being like, well, yeah, okay, because she's a girl. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think it's just <laughs> way to boil it down. Yeah. No, I, I think that there's something. It's more to it than that, and it's it. And they absolutely go into it in the comics, and they're doing yeah. it in the show where it's like Matt Murdock by himself, not being Daredevil, not being a superhero. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. He's an orphan. Uh-huh. He's blind. Right. But he's a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. I have two parents. Actually, I have three parents. Both peepers work just fine. I'm nowhere near being a lawyer. Right. Yeah, I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Foggy's a lawyer. Yeah, but Foggy's Foggy's the, the prototypical comic sidekick. 
He's out of shape. He's not really heroic. He's kind of goofy. He's a chicken shit. Whereas Matt, like, you just know that if Matt came across, like, some troubles, right. he'd be able to beat the shit out of, like, everybody in the room, blind or not. Well, but they had, you know, that whole episode where, you know, shit's all going wrong around town. It was like Foggy stepped up. He did. And Karen noticed. He did. And she did. So, I do think that he's, he's got a ticket to Pound Town coming soon. I don't know. He may get um, a sympathy ticket to Pound Town. But it's just it's gonna be like a one time thing, and then she's gonna she's gonna jump vagina first at Matt Murdock when as soon as that comes available. The the second he's remotely interested, mm-hmm. she's gonna literally like rocket pack across the room, like Rah! legs open. And Basically, the second he turns in her direction, which I guess he's never done yet. Yes, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, Karen, like a face hugger on Alien." <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't like that bit. I do like how they're handling uh, Kingpin. Yeah, actually, I was really, really impressed with Vincent D'Onofrio. I was, too. Because he's fucking terrifying. Yeah. He is. He's terrifying. I mean, at first so I kind of laughed because I was like, you look like the villain for, or the dude from Despicable Me. And then... <laughs> Why is it ruined everything? Because that's all I'm going to be now. <laughs> hey, but I am the kingpin of crime. I'm going to stop on Daredevil. Yeah. That's... No. Yeah. But I, I like how, you know, they make him uh, almost sympathetic. I think they did a very good job of making him completely sympathetic. Yeah. There's an episode coming up where you'll be like, oh, okay. Okay. It's it, it's his origin story. All right. I can tell you that much. Okay. Um, Is it Despicable Me? Shockingly, no. Oh, okay. It did, never goes animated. Oh, okay. It's just, uh, it's just, well, it'd be funny if it was just like one episode. It's just like, it's just Despicable Me. <laughs> it goes right back into the show. And then he ate all his minions. I'm like, I thought that took a hard left. Yeah. Um, no, it's... um. It's the show. I mean, has gone out of its way to make you because automatically you root for Daredevil. Sure, as an audience member, as a comic book fan, as one of those people, you automatically want to see the guy in the mask doing all the fighting, mm-hmm. win and be the hero. But they which I want to see more of so far. Um, Although the in the second episode, uh, the the fight scene that was basically like the old boy fight scene. Yep, I loved every second of it. Um. When they started shooting, when 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 it got to it, and the way they did, I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is this is old boy." Yeah. Like somebody clearly watched that. And was like, "I want to do that." Yeah. Um, that fight was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that this show has kind of soured me for Arrow. Okay. If you want to compare the fight scenes in Daredevil to the fight scenes on Arrow, it's like, wow, dude, Daredevil's like, "Fuck you!" It just mm-hmm. skyrocketed to the upper echelon of like awesome choreography, and Daredevil's like, "Watch me swing my." I mean, Arrow's like, "Swing my bow!" And yeah. kind of make contact with somebody. Yeah, seriously. I, if there was, if there's, I, I think Arrow needs to step up their game in, in the next season with their choreography because I'm like, okay, yeah. guys, compared to Daredevil, you guys look like shit. Yeah. Um, but going back to to Vincent D'Onofrio and the Kingpin, I think they've done an extraordinarily good job of making you absolutely not only understand mm-hmm. the Kingpin, but in a way, kind of like root for him a little bit. Yeah. Where you're just like, okay, like in the right context. I completely understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm. Understand, though, that I'm going to put on a black mask and beat you with sticks. Right. Just, I have to because I'm that guy, mm. but I understand. I don't agree with it, right. but I understand. Yeah. And um, I think he was the perfect choice for the Kingpin. Yeah, I think so. I love that they made him socially awkward. Yeah. That like, he doesn't know how to talk to regular human beings. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah, I don't like being out in public. And... But I think that makes him more scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Vincent D'Onofrio, and you know he's going to be weird. Yeah, um, going back to 
full metal jacket. Yeah. And at first I was like, private pile, whatever. And you, I'm sorry, but there are certain times when he's like doing something, I'm like, whatever, Gomer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid of you. Well, and then when he was on one of the Law and Orders, yeah, and he I used was... to, I used to have to watch that. Oh, you mentioned yeah. before, I worked at the CW, so I had to watch it. Yeah. And, uh, if you, I don't know if it's on Netflix. Or so. anything like that. But if you ever find yourself watching that Law and Order that D'Onofrio was I on, I think it was Criminal Intent. Criminal Intent, yeah. It makes the viewing experience like skyrocket in entertainment value. If you put in your head that the character that he's playing is retarded, <laughs> and then like <laughs> this, this is the best show ever. Because it's like a retarded guy pretending to be a cop, and everybody's just kind of going along with it. No, he's, no, he's a cop. He went through the academy and everything. Yeah. All right. He's just a he's, but he's retarded. And he goes around calling everybody Officer Puppy. <laughs> <laughs> or something. I don't know. But put that stuff in your head. Put a little extra narrative in there. Best show ever. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm not gonna do that, but I'll take your word for it. Um, I think that he was perfectly cast mm-hmm. in Daredevil. I think that um, Deborah Ann Wool. Um, Karen Page. Yeah. She's perfect. Yeah. I know her from True Blood. Okay. Um, I didn't watch a lot of True Blood. I don't blame you, because like, it starts off really good, and it's like, no! I got, I, I literally uh, got to whatever episode in the first season where, uh, God, what is her name, the actress? Anna Paquin? No, she's on uh, Masters of Sex now. Oh, uh... Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, like, I literally got to the episode in the first season where Lizzie Kaplan got naked, uh-huh. and I was like, this show has nothing left to offer me. Like, it gave me everything it, it, it can. It could. Um, I don't feel like I need to continue. And so like, I'm good. You tapped out. Yeah. Fair enough. Because I was, like, every episode I was like, why am I still watching this? Why am I still watching this? And then Lizzie Kaplan got naked, and I was like, that's why I was watching it. And now we're done. That's a that's okay. That's the deal you made with True Blood, and I think they, they you guys parted on amicable terms. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I heard that like things got crazy, and they started adding in like like fairies and leprechauns and all kinds of weird shit. Well, <laughs> what I can tell you is this: Suki, the mm-hmm. reason she has telepathy, yeah, and just a touch of telekinesis, yeah, is because she's half fae, she's half fairy, mm-hmm. or she's like a quarter fairy or something like that. Yeah. And there are fairies in the world. Okay. And the vampires are after the fairies. Yeah, no, I'm being serious now. Um, yeah, like taste good or something. Well, their blood makes fairy blood makes vampires immune to the sun. Okay. So as long as a vampire, and it also acts kind of like a little bit of a drug, mm-hmm. so they go on a bit of a murder rampage. Right. And um. So, they want the fairies to be immune to the sun because they figure if they just have a bunch of stock of fairies, you can just keep feeding off of them and you can go on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. One main big vampire guy, his name is Warlow, because why not? Um, and he's the oldest vampire, right? but he's also a fairy. So he's like the ultimate vampire, because the sun can't kill him. You know what I mean? Okay. And so he's, and he's been alive since like caveman days. Alright. Yes. And then the, the original vampire lady, I think it was somebody, um... She turned him into a vampire, and yeah, I honestly, I watched True Blood from the first episode to the last episode, and I was just like, at the end of it, I was like, I wasted so much fucking time watching this show. I didn't, I don't remember really anything from, like I said, I only watched 
most of the first season. Mm-hmm. But I can I, I have an impression for you. I have an impression for you for every every episode of most of the first season. Okay. You ready? Uh-huh. Uh so good. Like that's that's all that happens. Yeah, that's that's pretty much Bill Compton. Yeah. Uh so good. Yeah. Now multiply <laughs> that across nine seasons or eight seasons, however long it was on. Okay. And then yeah, I would yes. I would have tapped out no matter what. If that continued. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's just that's Did they end up together? Uh no. He um going into the final season <laughs> some so sad that occupies space in my brain. Um going into the final season there's a vampire virus. I think it's called Hep V. Mm. Hepatitis vampire. Ooh. Right? Excuse. Um and uh Bill Compton gets it. Now there's a cure for it, uh-huh. but he doesn't want to take it. Is it sexually transmitted? No, it's transmitted by bite. By bite. Oh, okay. So like if you if if a vampire feeds off of a human that's infected with Hep V, he gets it. Oh, okay. And um, I, I would assume with True Blood that it would have been like sexually transmitted because that's all they did. Yeah. Um, I think at one point it becomes airborne. It's perfectly harmless to humans. Okay. But like, it, yeah. Um, but Bill doesn't want the cure because he's he's tired of this. This undead nightmare that won't end. It's okay. Yeah. Ooh, it's okay. Yeah. And um, she stakes him. Oh. And uh, yeah, he dies. Mm. And then she ends up with random guy. And that's just what, a dude. Just some dude. And uh, Eric and Pam. Exactly. Exactly. Um, See, I can name all these fucking characters, and you'd be like, I have no idea. What's no idea. Okay, so back to Daryl. Back to Daryl. Um, I think Charlie Cox is fantastic as Matt Murdock. Yeah, I think he's great. He's great. Yeah. Um, it bums me out that I only have four episodes left, um, because I want more. Yeah. And so now let me let me let me ask you this. Okay. All right. As not a uh, reader of uh, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. See, I was kind of okay with mm-hmm. his like sensory abilities mm-hmm. as they portrayed them in uh, the movie. Yeah. With uh, Batman. With Ben Hooflick. Yeah. Because it was like. Sonar, right? Yeah. Like, he just hears shit, and it was like, ding, 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 right? But I think it's getting I think it's getting a little ridiculous at what he can, like, decipher is what's going on. Yeah. Like, at the part, the, the one episode where he's, like, holed up in the warehouse with mm-hmm. the Russian dude who's, like, dying, and he's on the phone with home chick, and she's like, what's around? He's like, ooh, there's all this stuff, but there's a, a, a you know, emergency Road kit. Road yeah. And, like, it's across the room. Right. And she's like, well, what's in it? And he's like, there's a couple road flares. Yes. But, uh, and I have an answer for that. He smelled the... He smelled the sulfur. Uh, he smelled the chemicals inside the flares. Or, like, the whole thing where he's able to smell the dude, like, three floors down. Yeah, with the cologne. Yeah. But, they, but okay, that's something that, that they haven't touched on in the show. I don't know if, they ever, if they're ever going to. But, like, when he was a kid and he was blinded by that radioactive isotope. Yeah. Um... All his other, while his eyesight was gone, his other senses got heightened to superhuman levels. Yeah, okay. which they're kind of touching on. It's like when Stick shows up and he's science. he's in that place and like or the orphanage or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's just like rolling around all because the gotta yes. hear everything. Um, that's one of the things about Daredevil that they don't that they haven't necessarily touched on is that he's never I don't think had his had his abilities like examined, mm-hmm. which I think they should at some point mm-hmm. go into. Um, where you know he's tested by somebody like Tony Stark or S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. Right. 
and they're like, oh, okay, he can't see, but like he can, like whatever it was that chemically got into his body, mm-hmm. like it made up for him losing his eyesight in an incredible degree. Right. And like in the episode with Stick, he even says that when have you finished that episode? No, I haven't finished it. Okay, well, there's a part where Stick goes back to Matt's apartment, and Stick can tell, I guess, because he can smell the fibers, because silk has a distinct smell to it. Okay. Um, he knows that Matt has silk sheets, and Matt is like, oh, I saw that bit. yeah, because cotton sheets feel like sandpaper on his skin. Right. And like, so they keep touching on it in little pieces. Yeah. But they've never just come out and said, well, that chemical that got into you, it took away your eyesight, but all the rest of your senses. Mm-hmm. are now superhumanly acute. Right. Which I think at some point they, they're going to have to. Um, I keep... I'm going into episode 9, and I keep waiting for him to say, I need to work on my suit. I need to build a suit. Because right. I don't want someone to just fucking give it to him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, you... No, we... Captain America, they just gave him his suit. Right. You build your shit. Well, see, okay... No, but just kind of go back just a tad. Like, so, all his sens- senses are heightened. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, cotton sheets are like sandpaper to him. So he's like super sensitive in his skin areas. Yes. Right. Yes. I that to me that runs contrary to being able to fight like that, like take beatings. Mm-hmm. Like they always have this thing about him being able to take the beatings. Yes. Like if he's like, if he's like a big walking, you know, talking clitoris. Yeah. Basically, like, how is he taking these beatings? So I think. He channels that in his aggression and rage and fighting. Okay. I think, like, when he gets hit, it hurts more than it would hurt you or I. Right. So he is able to then harness that, channel it internally, mm-hmm. and then direct it back out into the people he's beating on. And, again, okay. that choreography is bananas. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, really good. And, I, but, and, see, that was always the problem I had with the Daredevil movie, especially in the bar fight scene. Uh-huh. You can't tell what the fuck is going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they they tried real hard to make Daredevil acrobatic, but in the in the show he's insanely acrobatic. Yeah. The only thing they haven't, and because he started using the billy clubs a little bit. Yeah. I want to know if they're gonna do where he has the billy clubs and he's like there's strings inside of them. Yeah. And where he's like, show me I got strings, and then he's jumping off of rooftops and swinging off of shit. Yeah. Because I want to see that because that was one of the things that the comic didn't really explain, but it's just like no, that's how it is. Um, he's just an, an Olympic level gymnast. Yeah. <laughs> because. He's blind. Well, because um, the, yeah. the isotope and then science happened. Yeah, and then stick training. Yeah, I just want somebody to come into Murdoch and Nelson and hand them a document and be able to do lawyer stuff to that and then like walk out. Because <laughs> I, I always wanted to do that to somebody. Like if I have an accountant, uh-huh. like I want to hand him a contract. I'm like do accountant stuff to this and then. Right. He's like okay, like, and then like I you you I'm a, I gotta go fight crime. So here's my question, and this is a question I will posit to you. All right. I'm like the old man in um, uh, Fringe. Okay. Because he always said, I posited, or yeah. I posit this clear, so I'm going to posit this to you. All right. Who finds out that he's Daredevil other than Night Nurse by the end of the season? Because Stick do knows. Think, do I think? Yeah, because well, if we do the rundown, Stick knows and Night Nurse know that he is Daredevil, but he's not being called Daredevil yet. All right, this is this is my prediction. Okay. All right. Karen and Foggy, mm-hmm. right? Because see, she just she just saw Foggy be real heroic, and she's like, "Oh, maybe I might give him a haircut, but maybe, right?" 
and then they start getting closer. They're about to go to Pound Town, be boyfriend, girlfriend, all that such, and then she finds out about Matt, and then it's like, whoops, sorry, Foggy. You're not a blind ninja. <laughs> so, should have moved faster, guy. Um, I think you're probably, I, if out of anybody, I actually see it being both of them. Yeah. I think you're 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 half right. She's absolutely gonna you know get all juicy for Matt when she figures out that he's there. To, but I think they find out at the same time because Foggy um, doesn't particularly care for the man in the black mask. Yeah. You know. So he's gonna go through a whole like I don't know what to think. Like I hate you. How can I trust you? You hid this from me. You hid this from me. Yeah. Because and then and then but I think what's gonna that may be where the season ends. And that they're not lawyer partners in season two. Mm-hmm. And then Matt is coming up. And the way they're sh- they're setting it up, it looks like Matt is going to come up against the hand in okay. season two. All right. the, the ninja clan. All right. And which would bring in Electra. Okay. Bullseye. Word. Bullseye. Yeah. And then um, Matt will have to see Who is the best part of the movie? Colin Farrell, really? Absolutely. I, I like that you say that. I love Colin Farrell. I love Colin Farrell, and I love Colin Farrell's bullseye. Because he was so over the top. Colin Farrell was the only person having fun in that movie. That's very true. He was having all the fun. He was having a blast playing Bullseye. It was great. <laughs> he was like, hey, good. I don't even know what's happening. I don't yeah. understand the script at all, but I'm in. Yeah, he was yeah. great. His performance in that was amazing. He's one of those actors that I, I think, like, for some reason he was so, like, awesome uh-huh. for so long. And then people just kind of forgot about him. Yeah. But now he's going to be on season two of True Detective. That's true. Which I'm hoping is kind of his resurgence. Because he's still got that fucking Sonny Crockett mustache of of awesomeness. Mm -hmm. He's he's looking very brooding. He is. But, like, everybody was brooding in season one of True Detective. Yeah. No, but he's definitely going to be the uh, um, Matthew McConaughey. Of that? Yeah, he'll he'll go back on top. Yeah. Um, Who do you think they're going to get to play? Like, if you could cast anybody as Bullseye. Not Colin Farrell. In season two of Daredevil. Well, see, I don't know. I don't know enough of the comic. I don't really, like my my experience with the character is the Colin Farrell version of okay. Bullseye. In because to me, Daredevil has always been Marvel's Batman. Right. They pretty much have the same story. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and his dad leaving all the money from the fixed fight mm-hmm. that he won. Who I also I I don't know who the actor is, but I was he's very pleased with the guy. Who yeah, that, I don't know who that guy is. But just give him all of, all of the roles because yeah. he deserves it. He's awesome. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I cried. Did you? I cried during the episode where he dies. Uh huh. That's not a spoiler. Everybody knows that Murdoch died. Is that? Go because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And just when he's betting all the money on himself yeah. for his kid, and he's calling Matt's mom, and he's like, he's going to need you more than ever. I just want somebody to. I want someone to hear. I want Matt to hear someone cheering for his dad just once. Yeah. Just, just tears. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck, man." Yeah. Why I was. Getting... I was a tad distracted. I was like folding laundry. Uh huh. <laughs> so I was just sort of, sort of watching it. I was at work and not working. Yeah. Like I'm amazed <laughs> I got anything done yesterday. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's <all> tears. <laughs> um, but uh, so Batman and Daredevil have always been kind of corollaries across the two comic companies because sure. you know they're both very acrobatic they both have kind of a ninja background you know just right and they're both detectives because right. daredevil because daredevil is a detective sure probably the best detective in the marvel universe mm-hmm. um and bullseye 
has always been to me Marvel's Joker. Okay. More because a lot of people would say no, that's a Deadpool, but Deadpool is more of an antihero than he is a villain. Yeah. Not, he started years, out as a villain, but but he's he quickly been a hero for... he quickly became an antihero. He was yeah. one of the X Men guys in the one. Yeah. And he was tentatively an Avenger, but they were like, yeah, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were we were just kidding. <laughs> no, we need to leave. Yeah. Steve's gonna shove that shield up your up your ass. Yeah. Um. So to me, the Bullseye has always been the Marvel's Joker because he's. Right. He is one of the. He is the most skilled assassin on earth. See, I I couldn't even tell you what he looks like in the comics. He's got this really weird blue and white uniform. He's yeah. got the target on his forehead, which I'm like, okay. And then it's got like white stripes and shit all over it. I'm like, right. could you pick a less like useful uh, costume for an assassin? Right. I don't think you could. See, that was the other thing I liked about the Colin Farrell version. He was mm-hmm. like, oh, I want a costume. Yeah. Like everybody's running around with co- I want a costume. Yeah. He had no. He honestly had fun with that movie. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. Um. They they tease like because honestly I'm trying to think of who I would cast as Daredevil as Bullseye, and one of the first people that springs to mind was like well somebody like Jared Leto, uh-huh. but Jared Leto's already playing the Joker in Suicide Squad, yeah. and they keep sending out teasing out more pictures of what he's gonna look like. Right. And so I'm trying to think of who would I cast as Daredevil? Who would I cast as Electra? Do you think that that's a strategy that they're doing to try and kind of because you know because people are just like upset. That someone's playing the Joker. Again. And then extra upset that it's Jared Leto. Yes and no, because I... And what's really weird is I've seen a lot um, on message boards lately where a lot of people were like, Heath Ledger's Joker wasn't that good. Which is crazy. And I'm like, okay, you're clearly wrong. Yeah. And a part of ISIS, so whatever. Yeah. But, um... I think you have to have the Joker in some capacity in Batman stories. It's Batman-related stories. You have to, if you're going to do a Harley Quinn story, you have to have the Joker. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that DC is very smart. Instead of saying, well, Heath Ledger's Joker is so mythical now, and so mm-hmm. legendary that we can't touch it, right. they're like, no, we're going we're gonna to go in a different direction. You know what they could do, hmm. right? Um, if you say anything about Cesar Romero or Jack Nicholson, I'm going to throw something sharp at you. No. Okay. No, what they could do is they could um, they could get Tom Waits and then get him back on heroin, and then have him play, or the, the Joker. Yeah, no. uh, what they could do because that's you know, I mean you know it's pretty well known that Heath Ledger based his performance of the Joker on heroin Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. So, or they could get Iggy Pop, just as he is. <laughs> yeah, slap yeah. some makeup on him like, well I'm just saying it was like the mannerisms the way he spoke and all that kind of stuff yeah um I don't know I'm curious to see how Jared Leto does because I think it's going to be a very very small bit yeah I, I, I think and I think they're shooting it right up front but as I understand it Jared Leto is the Joker for the DCU for the DC Cinematic Universe okay so, so he'll show up in a, in a Batman flick oh well as I understand it they're doing Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Right. Then there's not going to be another, like, solo Batman film until, like, 2018. Okay. Which, by that point, I don't think Ben Affleck's going to be playing Batman anymore. I think he's, like, one and done. Really? Yeah, because, like, he's already going to be, what is he, 41 now? Uh-huh. He'll be 45, 46 by that okay. point. I don't, I don't see it happening. All right. Because, and then, I, I don't know. I, I'm not 100% in love with the way DC's structuring the Batman story for this new set of movies. I, I think that they're just being ridiculous about how they're structuring everything that they're doing. I don't think it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying so hard to catch up with Marvel, it's not going to work. And it's almost like they want to be like, well, we'll just do this 
a little differently so it doesn't seem like we're trying to copy Marvel. But it's like, if you're going to put fucking Flash or your Green Arrow in a movie, fucking cast Stephen Amell. And Grant Gustin. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to see... There shouldn't be two separate universes. That's where, that's where Marvel gets right, because yeah. now we're hearing rumors, unconfirmed of course, but that like that Daredevil will be in Captain America's Civil War. Mm. And then I heard a wild rumor that um, the Defenders, because the Marvel Netflix series are all going to culminate in the Defenders miniseries. Right. Um, they'll all be in the next Avengers movie, The Infinity War. Right. Part two. Okay. There'll be a point where it's a massive battle between Thanos and his forces against the Avengers, and then down on the street level, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist are defending New York. So you will see Captain America, you will see Spider-Man fighting side by side with Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Okay. Which is going to be badass. Yeah. See, Marvel sounds like it's doing, they're doing it right. Whereas DC's like, the TV is like, the li- is our little brother. We don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm still, I, I still feel like you know, years ago, when they made uh, Superman Returns, mm-hmm. like it should have been Tom Welling from Smallville. Yeah, I never watched Smallville, so I can't. I can't speak on that. I wa- okay. <laughs> I watched a lot of Smallville. I know you did. And, um, you know, so we have history in Smallville. Okay, but uh, it hurt me. It's going to a weird place. It's going to a weird place because it, it hurt me like bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an episode where uh, the black kid from the first season comes back, mm-hmm. right? And you're it, when I'm done talking, you're gonna understand well, why well, I had to leave Smallville. Okay, real quick, did you know that actor's in prison? I didn't know that <laughs> for uh, drugs. Oh, he's okay. like smuggling drugs, oh, like shit. all of them. Wow. Yeah. All right. Continue. Okay, so this is where this is where Smallville and I had to part ways. I had to spend uh, the night in shelter, and we had a, you know, is there a restraining order? Like now? a restraining order, like it was it was bad. Like, like how many yards? What like all of them? Really? Like they had to, like yeah, Smallville had to stay away from me forever. Forever. Wow. Okay. Okay. And you'll understand why. Okay, I'm listening. Because in this fucking episode, <laughs> the beginning of it starts off, and all the um, you know the, the young ones of Smallville. <clears throat> are attending a concert that is taking place in <clears throat> a warehouse. And the warehouse was for, it's a factory for Stride Gum. Okay, guess, it's a heavy product placement. Guess who sponsored that episode? Stride Yeah, Stride Gum. I was right. And the storyline was the black kid was coming back to visit everybody. They go to this concert. Some fucking uh, kryptonite liquid got into the Stride Gum. Right, and he just happens to get like the one pack of Stride gum that has kryptonite, and he chews it, and he gets superpowers. As long as he's chewing Stride gum, he's got superpowers, which is really good because you know the flavor really lasts, so he doesn't have to change pieces that often. Okay, that's seriously part of it. <laughs> wow. After that, we had to part. Because that's just so utterly ridiculous. It was stupid. Like, I, feel, I was hurt. That's stupid. Why? Who, like, see, that's not what I'm saying. Like, what, right, what in the writer's room, they pitched that, and they're like, okay, well, we need to work stride gum into this because they're a major sponsor, and they're going to take away all their money if we don't. Well, how about he eats and gets superpowers? Yes. Huh? No. That's what they did. Yeah, I don't, underst- I, I don't blame you for um, 
walking away from Smallville. I just remember when um, the big thing was that the the philosophy of the show was no flights, no tights. You would never see him in the Superman costume, and he would never fly. And then the season premiere, I think it was like the season five premiere, was Clark actually flew. Yeah, he just started flying around. He started flying everywhere. And I don't know if he flies anymore after that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like all the time? Yeah. Um, But then in the final episode, I guess... I saw this. It was online. Like people like this guy watched the last episode of Smallville and he fucking freaked out when you saw Tom Welling fly. Because I guess in the final episode, do you see him in the Superman outfit? Well, you see the Superman outfit, Uh but but they never like they show him uh, because I did watch the final episode and it basically is like you know initially he's in the outfit and it's like it's super far away, so Mm -hmm. you can't see his face. You just see there's Superman out there and he flies up mm-hmm. and there's something's going on with a plane or something yeah. and he like catches a plane and then it's just like they angled it so much so that you get to see, you'll see the suit you'll see pieces of the suit but you never see Tom Willing's face and the suit and yes yeah mm-hmm. it was always like his face is shadowed out or it's just like you see the chin you know so he's never like full blown shown like in the Superman suit. Well, I just remember watching this YouTube clip of this guy. And he's just screaming yes and yes, yes over and over again. And I was like, "Sir, you took Smallville very seriously." And I understand that because I feel like I'm taking Daredevil the same way. There, there's people out there, but I'm not gonna be like, "Yes!" Like when I see the red outfit, I'm sure I'm gonna be like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Like that's all. I'm go fight Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. That's I guess that's my other question: is if Matt and Kingpin are ever gonna fight? I'm sure it'll happen. I hope so. Because I want to see the the red outfit with the little yeah. the horns. Yeah, they're getting there. Yeah, they are. I hope, they better be. They have four episodes to go for me, and I'm like, I'm not seeing any progress on that suit. I, that's, that suit is gonna probably is not going to be until like the last episode of the season. If it's in the last episode of the last fight scene, that's fine with me. Right. I can live with that, because I want to see him in the suit fighting as Daredevil, because we're not... I don't know if they're going to show or reference Daredevil, because the next series is Jessica Jones, mm. which I'm like, I don't know. I mean, the logo for the fucking show is him in the that with the horns. It is the red suit. Yeah, yeah. So I hope I better see it. It's coming along. I hope so. I imagine. Um, then that's pretty much the big nerd news of the week. Was that? Yeah. Um, but I do have something personal. It's a, it's a video game discussion. All right, let's do it. So I started playing Advanced Warfare for multiplayer. Okay. I'm not in love with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's it's very unwieldy. Mm-hmm. It's way too complicated. Yeah. You know the thing is, I played through the um, the campaign, the yeah. single player, okay. and I just played it like a Call of Duty game. Like I didn't use any of that extra bullshit, the exosuit and all that. Yeah, all the exosuit stuff. Never used it. I just played it like a Call of Duty game. And you had no problem playing it. No problems. Well, I started playing it, and I'm just like, I jumped straight into the multiplayer mm-hmm. because I think as every Call of Duty player does, you just get the game, you crack it open, you like it. Well, see, I'm the one person who doesn't do that. Well, no, I usually play the campaign first. Yeah. But I'm borrowing this game, so I'm mm-hmm. like, I only have it for a little time, and I don't want to get into the campaign. And I get to finish it. Right. So I started playing it, and I'm just like, huh, okay. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather be playing Black Ops 2. Yeah. Um, but now Black Ops 3 is coming out. Yeah. Later, which, really? Really? More yeah. Black Ops? Yeah. I think. Well, because they're on a they're they're now on a three year deal, right? Because before it was two, it was like Activision made one one year, uh-huh. and then Treyarch. Treyarch made one, but now they have a third studio, which is I don't know. Uh-huh. But they're now going to be making a Call of Duty game. So every three years, one of them will put one out. Yeah. So it'll be like 
main Call of Duty, mm-hmm. then a Black Ops, and then whatever that third studio is doing, and then a main Call of Duty, then a Black Ops. Yeah, so I got admit, I'm pretty disappointed with Advanced Warfare. Yeah, it's it wasn't really that fun. And considering what I've heard about Ghosts, yeah. Ghosts, um, I'm like, eh, I guess I'll just skip that one for now. Yeah. Um, the whole two disc system, need to get rid of that. Two disc system for the 360. There's two discs. Oh. There's the install disc and then the game disc. Oh. Yeah. You guys yeah, don't, yeah. you don't have that on the th- on the the one. No. no. Um. So I haven't finished Bioshock. Uh huh. I mean, the started Gears of War Judgment. Uh huh. I got a lot of video games to play. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Far Cry 4 lately. Yeah, I, I've only played Far Cry 3. I never played Far Cry 4. Um, Far Cry 4 is almost exactly Far Cry 3. Mm-hmm. Which is okay because I played the shit out of Far Cry 3. Right. But you know, it's a new setting. Um, I like the villain. He's hilarious. Is he better than than Voss? In uh, Far Cry 3. I would say that most people probably would say no, but I would say yes. Okay. Um. Uh, are you familiar with Borderlands at all? I have not played Border. I know what it is, but I haven't played it. Okay, because there's a in Borderlands 2, the villain is a guy named Handsome Jack. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Borderlands and Handsome Jack, uh, Pagan Min in Far Cry 4, he's a lot like Handsome Jack. It's kind of funny. So Pagan Min is the villain in Far Cry 4. Yeah. yeah. I just while I was watching you play Far Cry 4 a little little while ago. Mm-hmm. Just watching you, <laughs> um, jump off of stuff and then deploy the wingsuit. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. It's a lot of fun, and and also you know you can now write elephants, mm-hmm. which is just so much fun. And you can fire guns while you're riding the elephants. You can fire guns while you're riding the elephants, and then you can make the elephants charge and like smack people all over the place, which is great. And then they also have these like little uh, single person helicopters okay. that you can fly around in. Why can't you just escape the island on a little single person helicopter? Well, you're not trying to escape. You've joined the you've joined the resistance force. Oh, so you're trying to kill Pagan Min. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if you were just like, ah, fuck this, and you just got on the helicopter, probably could. Why don't you? Well, I mean, but they're all really rickety. So they're not gonna make it very far. I don't think they make it very far. Like they're they're showed to be like, like if you're on one of these, you'd be terrified for reals. Okay. And then they don't go very high because uh. then they'll stall out. Oh really? Yeah. So you're just kind of like buzzing along. I'm just above the trees. Yeah. Well, I guess. And I don't think it would hold that much gasoline. So if you're trying to like fly it over the ocean, you wouldn't get that far. What about the radio tower things? Are they still there? Yeah, it's still there. Ugh, such a pain in the ass. That's an Ubisoft thing. Like Ubisoft and all of their games, they're like, you gotta climb some shit. Say yeah, everywhere. Yeah, same thing with Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Like if you want to see, you climb. You get on that. It's like I don't want to fucking climb. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did it with Watch Dogs too. They had something along those lines. I don't. Why though? Is that their idea of fun? There's like one guy who's you need to include towers. Like, Alright, Mike. They're they're a little more interesting, at least, in like Far Cry Four. Like they're not a, so a rickety old tower. Well they are a rickety old tower, but they're not like they're not as straightforward as they usually are. Okay. Like a lot of times you're like, How the fuck do I get up this thing? And you're like looking around like, like sometimes it takes a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I guess. And then I, like jumping off and then getting your wingsuit. Just flying away after. So, what happens if you if you have the wingsuit and you just you ride it all the way to the ground? Because um, I know you have to. You can deploy a parachute. You can. The game will force you to deploy the parachute at a certain like right altitude. The, ground, yeah. uh, uh, the only the only way you can really die with the wingsuit is mm-hmm. if you just straight up like do a header into like a mountain. Have you? I've done that. Yeah, it's oh. hilarious. <laughs> 
I guess. The one thing I have to try, uh, I'm, it was, as soon as I finish the game, I'm going to go in, because apparently there's, like, a secret ending. Mm-hmm. Where, because, like, you're, you're, you're learning that, you know, your parents in the game, your parents had something to do with, you know, this resistance force against mm-hmm. pagan men. But then it turns out that your mother had some sort of, like, fling, something going on with pagan men. And he likes you. Like, at the beginning of the game, he's like, you've come home, right? And, but he captures you, and you're literally, like, sitting, you know, they, they have this part where you're sitting at, the, at like, a dinner table at his, his place. Mm-hmm. And, but you were with one of the, uh, the rebels, and he has him there. And, you know, and he's just talking to you and all this stuff, and he ends up killing that dude and all that kind of shit, taking him off to the torture. And, and then he gets a phone call, and he's like, I have to take this, but I'll be right back. Enjoy the Crab Rangoon. I'll be right back. Oh, little crab rangoon. And he walks off, right? And then at that point, you take off. You leave. Mm-hmm. You, know, you escape. But apparently, if you just sit there, he will come back and be like, it's like the end of the game. It's just like a different ending. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you just you didn't do any of like the rebel stuff. You just joined Pagan Min. Really? Yeah, and then it just goes to you and him all. Yeah. Game's over. So is Pagan Min your character's father? Uh, I don't know. You haven't finished it yet? I haven't finished it yet. Okay. Pos- it's possible. Cause if your but, the, was... but the one that everyone believes is your father is the one who who started the rebel force. Right. Called the uh, Golden Path. That, oh, that sounds like a real world terrorist thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I always feel weird playing a stuff where it's like where they name your resistance. Yeah. You know, you for the Shining Fist. No, no, no. Yeah. Not doing that. Yeah, no, you're part of the Golden Path, and supposedly your father started the Golden Path. And so everybody's like, oh, the sun has returned. So you're like a, a mythical character to them? I guess they're all just like, yeah, you're all right. And it it doesn't have the same sort of, like, believable progression that Far Cry 3 had. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, in Far Cry 3, the character was just, like, on vacation with his brother and, and his, his friends. friends. Yeah. And you can see this, like, progression of, like, he starts off, and then, like, you know, he's never really shot a gun before, and so when you first have a gun, you're like, oh, shit, and, like, and then as it goes along, he gets more comfortable yeah. with what he's doing. But in Far Cry 4, you just jump right into it. You're just like, oh, yeah, okay. Blast, 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 slide, you know, it's fucking zip line down this motherfucker. <laughs> he's like, okay. Yeah, that's true, because when you think about Far Cry 3, <laughs> eventually you're just, like, zip lining off of, like, 60-foot radio towers, like, on one hand, and I'll, fuck yeah. it. Yeah, it's like an, it's like an Uzi. And then you drop off, firing a gun. Yeah, just hop into a truck, fucking drive off, you know, fucking shooting. It's like, have you ever killed a truck full? Like, have you ever attacked a truck full of rebels by accident? Because my favorite thing to use is the boat. Yeah, in the me too. and it's a firing explosive arrow. So I fired an explosive arrow at this truck full of rebels, and it blew up. I missed, and it blew up next to them, and they're all traitor. And then they started attacking. I'm like, shit, I didn't mean to. <laughs> then I pulled out my other gun. It's like killing them all, and I feel bad about it. Well, not. I don't think that happens in Far Cry 4. There's like a, there's another system in there. It's the karma system. Okay. And so if you accidentally kill someone who's on your team or uh, a civilian, yeah, like you'll lose karma. But they won't automatically attack you. Not that I've seen, because I totally, I was like aiming uh, with the bow at this dude, and then the second I let go, one of my dudes was all right in the way and got shot in the head. Um. And it was like, don't do that, basically. Oh, yeah. Well, well, he should pay attention to where I'm shooting. Well, he didn't know you were there, so 
Yeah. Okay, he was a, he was there. Okay. Well, I I I don't know what to say to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I think from what I saw online, people were like they loved Far Cry Four, mm-hmm. but they're like there's a lot going on in this game, like with the eagles attacking and then riding elephants and like they're like scale it back a bit. There is a lot going on. Yeah. Because uh, well, I think that's another that's an Ubisoft thing too. It's just as much as possible. There's all just time. so much shit. To like collect and find, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, every two steps there's like a little chest where someone's in it. And yeah. the way I am, I can't walk past them. Nope. You know, like that thing with Bioshock. It's like uh, you don't have to, but you totally have to. No, you absolutely have yeah. to. But they have like, you know, you have to collect, you have to find pages of your father's diary. Uh, there are like, literally, it's called lost letters. There's letters are scattered around. Well, that's that how it is in Far Cry Three, yeah. Yeah, and then there's like these like demon masks that like, like the story is that like there's a serial killer on the island, and he goes around leaving these like cursed demon masks in places, and you have to go and find them and destroy them. And then there's propaganda posters. You got to p- pull them down. And like, there's a lot of shit going on. Is it is the map much bigger than Far Cry Three? I think so. It can see it feels that way, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Because I, I spiral out. That's how I work. Okay. Right? From where I start, and then I just sort of work in a circle outward. <laughs> and I think I'm like the opposite. I'm just like, yeah! Woo! Yeah! It's all stupid. <laughs> I'm like, I missed everything! <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I want to I wanna find every cave. I want to find every everything. That's that's one of the things I have a problem with with Assassin's Creed Three is like you know you have to chase Benjamin Franklin's letters and they're flying through the air. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck, man, come on! Like, can can I not? Like, do I do I need these? Do I actually need these? And my OCD's like, yeah, you do. All right. Well, see, and you haven't played Black Flag yet, right? No. So that's the one that's coming later. Yes, yeah, so that should come out on the fifteenth. Yeah. See, they have those in there, and those that's the only time I've actually been like, I have to collect these flying yeah. papers because what they are are sea shanties and so when you're out on the sea like in your sailing places yeah. your crew sing these shanties and the more of those pages you find the more songs they have to choose from and that it makes your life a lot easier if you're not hearing the exact same sea shanty every time you're out on the ocean how much time in that game do you spend out on the ocean a lot okay, I don't know if I want to do that it's fun um I, I guess, but it's just, and I, I'm I'm with you where it's like the OCD part of me is like I have to get this stuff done, uh-huh. otherwise I, this will haunt me. Yeah, but I don't know, man. That's asking a lot of me. Yeah, it's it's getting to the point where a lot of these games are almost like a, a job. Yeah, they're becoming a chore. Yeah, and I think that's why so many so many of those indie games do so well. It's just the simplistic nature of it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's there's one quest, and there's not like side missions and all this other yeah. bullshit. But I'm also in in the indie game realm. I'm also getting very irritated with this like everything is like a, a callback, and they all call it eight bit, but it's actually sixteen bit. But they you know they do this like pixel graphics you know kind of thing. It's supposed, mm-hmm. to, be, supposed to be this callback or whatever. And I'm getting fucking tired of it. Why? Like, just, it's enough. I had enough of it, like, Broforce and Fez and fucking... I'm sorry, dude. Broforce was a blast. It was. It was. But there's just so many of these games mm-hmm. that are like this. And it's like, you know, you just... It's almost like, you know, they, they gained these, you know, I don't know, it's like fucking reputation points. 
<laughs> for, oh yeah, I think I think you have a good point there. Where it's like in the nerd geek community, if you're retro, you're automatically in the upper echelon. Yeah, which I don't agree with. Yeah. Um, but on the one, on the one hand, like I understand your frustration with it. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like I had so much fun playing Broforce. Yes. It was such a good time. Yes. Like I, I played a bit of um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's like, uh, it's another one of those kind of games, but it's, uh, you're like going into this castle, you're like a knight mm-hmm. or whatever, and like you're gonna die, and then so when you die, like your uh, descendant mm-hmm. takes your place. And you get to kind of choose, and then they have all these different, like, quirks yeah. and stuff. And then so you have this whole, like, family tree all being, like, killed by this one castle. Whatever. I mean, it's it's fun. But the thing is, is that it's totally totally the other end of the spectrum for me. Okay. Is that I play it, and I play it for, like, 15 minutes, and I'm done. I'm like, okay, that was fun. That killed 15 minutes for me. Or I'm, like, playing Far Cry 4, and that's, like, that's today. That's all you're That's doing. what's happening today. Is I'm playing Far Cry 4. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, some, somewhere there needs to be like a, a fucking happy medium. Mm. And I'm not fighting it yet. Independent-wise, there's a game coming out that I'm really stoked for. It's called Cuphead. Okay. I don't even know if you've seen anything on no, it. No, I haven't. It looks amazing. Okay. Um, the entire art style of it is done like a 1930s cartoon, like a Disney cartoon. Oh, Okay. And like the way they have the animations, it, it's it's like watching one of those old cartoons, and it looks great. I don't even know what it's about or what's going on with it, but just like looking at it, I'm like, I will play this. Okay, well, when you play it, Cuphead, <laughs> fucking check it out. When you play it, let me know. I will. Um, as soon as that shit comes out, I'm playing it. I I just you know I haven't acquired the Xbox One yet, but I was able to get my hands on a copy of Destiny. Mm-hmm. For the 360. Yeah. And I, I feel like if I jump into that, uh-huh. that's all I'm doing all day long. For the first, like, weekend. And then after I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, because it's kind of it's kind of a grind. Right. You're doing the same things over and over and over and over again, just to level. Is that, like, the major complaint? Yeah. Because I don't Like, the game doesn't it. really even open up until you hit, like, level 20. Until so you can go do more things? And you can go, like, to different planets and shit? Well, no, you'll go to all the planets. But, mm. like, like the teaming up with people and, like, the real challenge of it, yeah. that doesn't even really start until, like, level 20. Hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know. I, I don't think... Mm. Well, and the thing with Destiny is a lot of people were upset about that, and I was too a little bit. But, like, Bungie has always said that it's, it, it's rather than it being a game, it wants, they want it to be more like a platform. Okay. Like they're always going to be adding more stuff, all this kind of stuff. It's basically like, it's basically like a first-person shooter MMO, which is but fine, on a but smaller I mean, scale. Yeah, so they want it to be basically their Warcraft. Yeah, basically. Where they're constantly adding shit, so Destiny will be there for a while. They just keep adding more shit. To yeah, it. yeah, and so it's like and it's like you're in the hub zone, and someone's like, "Hey, who wants to do this mission with me?" Like, "Oh, I have that mission. Yeah, let's go do it." Eh. You know. Or we could run this this particular mission because you get this thing out of it. I've and, done it ten times, but we'll do it again. And see, but to me, it's like I'd rather just go off and do my own thing and go complete my quest. Which you can do, but once you hit about level 20, it's, it becomes, like, pointless. Mm-hmm. You could still do it, but you're not really – you're not going to level anymore. So, But level 20 isn't the highest, right? Technically. It's the highest. 
they have this whole thing where, like, up to level 20, you're gaining levels based off of experience. Okay? Okay. Once you hit level 20, that's technically the level cap. But you can gain levels based off of the armor you're wearing and the uh, weapons that you have. Because they have, in the game, they call it light. It's like this this chess piece has a certain light rating to it. Okay. And then so once you're wearing all this stuff with light on it, that'll raise your level up. So you could literally take, you know, you could be like, have nothing on, be level 20, mm-hmm. put stuff on, and all of a sudden you're level 26. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Um, that sounds... See, that discourages me from playing. Yeah. Plus, I don't even know if anybody's playing on the 360. No, either. And the, fun, the funny part of the thing about Destiny is that it's like, everybody was so mad when it came out. And yet, it's always packed with people. Why are people so mad when it came out? I don't understand that. Because I, I thought, you know, leading up to the release of the, sh- of the game and leading up to the release of... Uh, of you know the release of the game and seeing stuff that I was saying on online, mm-hmm. leading up to the release of the game, everybody seemed so jazzed like I can't wait to get my hands on this game. Yeah. And when it came out, was it disappointing to people? It was kind of disappointing. It's super short. The the campaign. Yeah. Uh huh. And so basically, what you're doing uh, is like you're just doing harder versions of missions that you've done before. Like that's how as you keep going. Okay. And like it doesn't have like this. Like, initially, it has sort of this progression. You start off, you don't, you're like level one or whatever, and then you play the first level and then you get to level two. And then you play the second level and you get to le- level three. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, it's like, now I have to play level three like four times before I hit level four. Because if I go into the next level, I'm going to get my ass whooped. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of grind it out before I can go, before I can proceed. And then, like, they just it didn't have the uh, the variety of weapons and armor that people were expecting, mm-hmm. and then the variety of the missions and things like that. Like the boss fights are fucking serious. Um, like I went in like there's one boss at like level I think it was like level twenty two or something. I had a full fire team. Just fighting the boss mm-hmm. took damn near forty five minutes. And, like, that kind of stuff is, like, like, when you're in it, you're like, oh, fuck, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, that's fun. But then it's something that it's, like, you realize you have to keep doing over and over and over again. Right. And then every once in a while, they'll kind of pop up. Like, they'll, they'll update it, and they'll put a couple more missions in. Some of them will stay. Some of them won't. Okay. And so it's just, like, it just wasn't what people were expecting. No, the stuff that they add, is that DLC you have to buy? Uh, there's both. There's DLC you have to buy. And I think they have one out now. But then they do, like, weekly challenges and all this other kind of stuff. And usually that's just putting – that's, like, a mission that you've done before, for sure. Uh But they, like, make it super hard or they put, like, certain restrictions on it. Like, you can only use a certain type of weapons or something. But do you get a better reward? Uh, Yeah. Well, I guess you get a better reward, but then at the same time, like, all of it is a fucking grind. Well, I guess that makes it kind of worth it, but – it seems like they were trying to follow the model of Warcraft mm-hmm. and didn't do it quite right. Yeah. Is, do you think there's a chance for them to, to correct that? From what I hear, like, it's starting to go that way. Okay. Like, because initially it was one of the most fury, infuriating things mm-hmm. was the enemies will drop these things called en- engrams. Okay. Okay. 
And those are either weapons or pieces of armor. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you don't know what it is. And they're like color-coded based on their rarity. Okay. Okay. So it's like green is common. Yeah. Like blue is rare. I think it's like white is like crazy rare Mm -hmm. or something. And when I, when I first started, started playing, when it came out, yeah, one of the biggest gripes, and I had that same gripe, was that what you do is that when you go back to the hub place, there's a guy mm-hmm. that you take your engrams to, and he turns them into whatever they are, okay? And it's all random. The whole thing at the time was purely a roll of the dice. And so the problem was is that, like, you come back with a blue thing, you're not guaranteed to get a blue weapon or armor or whatever it is it could be a common armor it could be green but and more often than not it was and so because it was a roll of the dice and so that's something that they ended up fixing they were like whatever color like it could have been higher even yeah but they finally put it in they were like whatever color it is it will at least be that Uh like it won't go under okay that was something they had to fix but they they fixed like a month in okay because i'm sure they got slammed with complaints for that Oh, yeah. Because if you went through some big, giant slog, and you kill all these guys, and you have a blue thing, a blue engram, mm-hmm. and you took it after this hellacious battle, and you ended up with a green piece of armor that you already had, mm-hmm. oh, my God, yeah, you're getting I was. That's part of what, when I was on my way out with playing that game, yeah. I had, uh, I think it was white. I think the color was white, was like the, oh, shit, you know, something's awesome. And I fucking took it to the dude, and it came out a fucking uh, common sniper rifle that I already had. And you're like, nope, never mind. like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> so you haven't played it since? I have. It's, it's, I played during the first maybe month and a half that it came out. And uh-huh. I just... But you had the same kind of reaction with Titanfall. You played it, like, nonstop right away, and then you're just like, eh. I still play Titanfall quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the thing with Titanfall that made me stop playing it so much was uh, when all the DLC started dropping. Right. And it's like... I'm not that person that goes and, like, buys the season pass or whatever yeah. for the game. It's, like, an like, extra 50 bucks. Yeah. Even if it's only, like, an, an extra 20 bucks or whatever, like, I'm not buying it the second I buy the game for, like, you know, it's, like, pre-ordering this DLC. I'm not doing mm-hmm. it. And then so once the DLC started, and I, you know, and I didn't feel like I wanted to get it yet. Yeah. But it made it hard, because then you get in there, and everybody's playing the new maps and all this other kind of stuff, so it was, right. like, fuck it, forget it. I started playing Timefall again when they, they basically they took all the DLC and there was like a week mm-hmm. where they sold it for like five bucks. Yeah. And so I bought it. Okay. And so now I have everything for Titanfall. So it makes the game So I started playing it again, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I'm having an issue with with games where it's like you get to a certain point. Like I play games on my phone. I'm playing two games on my phone. and um, One of them is Marvel Con- Contest of Champions, mm-hmm. which is a tie-in to the, the upcoming Battle World thing. And uh, you get to a certain point in the game where it's like, okay, well, I can't beat any of these guys. Right. Like, they're, like, the recommended power level for... Because you're allowed to carry five guys into battle here at any time. Mm-hmm. The recommended power level is, like, 5,200. Yeah. Okay, well, my guys are only at 4,100. Yeah. Like, I could go... I could win, but I'll have to use a lot of my health, do all this stuff, or you can try to, like, grind it out in the lower levels and raise your power level, mm-hmm. try to get little health potions and, and, you know, revives and shit like that, but you still, it's, like, it's weeks before you're even close enough to go in and, like... So I'm playing it, playing it, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm not even having fun playing this more. I'm just grinding it out, trying to raise my level. I don't think I'm going to play anymore. And then I started getting better characters because you get your warriors through crystals. Mm-hmm. And I was opening all these crystals like, okay, so I got like, because they're, they have star ratings. Yeah. So one, two, three, and four. Right. And so four is like the top level. So I have 
like six three-star champions and they're all like really powerful yeah but i'm even so i'm at this point where it's like there's no way i'm gonna beat fucking kang the conqueror right with the levels the way they are and my team is badass yeah there's no way i'm gonna win so now i'm back to grinding it out and to me it's it's like you said it's just like uh i'm not having fun with this anymore Mm -hmm. and it just i see that with so much with games it's just like why am i bothering yeah yeah, and, I, and that's kind of where I got with Destiny. Like, I got to a point where there were certain levels that I could have gone through, like, in my sleep. I knew exactly where all the enemies were. Mm-hmm. They don't like, spawn random? No. That's bad. So I knew, like, exactly what enemies were where, mm-hmm. everything. And, like, myself and the people I was playing with, we would just we would just tear through these missions. Yeah. Like, we were, it, was, it was almost robotic. Yeah. We're just, all right, that's done. That was one of the problems I had with, like, with Halo, especially like the first one, I think they, I, it was the enemy AI was terrible. Mm. Like you'd come up over this ridge or around a corner, and you pick up your sniper rifle, and you see all these enemies. They're all just kind of standing around, like the grunts and the elites and the brutes, all just standing there. Uh-huh. And she's like, "Okay, well, I have a rocket launcher and a sniper rifle. I can just from here start picking them off." And you would, like, you'd pick off the biggest enemies first, and then walk into the rocket launcher and kill the the grunts. And you're like, okay, there was no point to that. Right. But I think they fixed it with Halo Two. Okay. And then, you know, Halo 3 and 4 were awesome. And See, I only ever played the campaign for both Halo 1 and 2. I stopped playing the campaigns. And Halo 3? Yeah. I just played multiplayer. See, I never enjoyed the Halo multiplayer. Really? I found it to be just ridiculous. See, for me, there was, like, there's there's little more that's satisfying than, like, just running by, like, by an enemy and then putting a sticky bomb on them and then running off. And there's, like... And there's nothing they can do. They're just like, ah, damn it, kaboom, they're dead. Well, yeah, but, uh, Call of Duty kind of has that with the, the crossbow. Yeah. Because, you know, they're all explosive. <laughs> and so when you pop them and you hit someone with an arrow, and it's just like, shit, kaboom! Yeah, you're given that, like, little moment where you know that they're like, ah, damn, I'm done. And you feel kind of like, ha Yeah. Or when there's a sniper picking people off and you manage to, like, hit him with the crossbow from far away. Yeah. With a weapon you shouldn't have been able to touch him with. And he's like, oh... It's on my kill streak. I was twenty and zero. Now I'm twenty and one. Yeah. There's something satisfying about that in yeah. in multiplayer games where like there's one dude who's just running the map. Yeah. And he's hopping around killing everybody with, and it's always some dude with a knife. He's just and then runs off. Yeah. I hate those guys. <laughs> and he's killed you like six times, but he's like twenty seven and zero. Oh. Yeah. And you're going in the and like their team is they're gonna win. There's no way you're gonna catch up. Yeah. But you manage to run up on him and like you you just manage to kill him just one time and ruin his undefeated game. Yeah. Like, I don't care if we lost by 40, by 42 points. Dude, that was awesome. It was totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think with Halo 3, the reason why it kept me in multiplayer for so long is because there's so many, so many variations mm-hmm. of, like, the different things you could play. Yeah. Like, I played a shitload of grip ball, and that was a good time. I don't even know what that is. And that is, it, it is an empty room. Uh-huh. There's a line in the middle. There's a team on one side. There's a team on the other. And there's a ball. And you try and get... The ball to the other side. Meanwhile, you're shooting the shit out. <laughs> so there's nothing to hide behind. You just always hurling bullets at each other. Yeah, and I think most. I think if I remember right, grip ball mostly was played with hammers, gravity hammers. Oh, that sounds fun. So it's like there's there's basically eight dudes with hammers with gravity hammers trying to get a ball to one side of the room. And there's it's just chaotic the shit fun. Out of yeah. Okay. That sounds alright. I think I can um, get into that. I played I played a level that someone made that was. Uh, it was an exact copy of the first level of Donkey Kong, and so you're, you know, you're running up and then these barrels, and you're like trying to leap over the barrels and then get to the next level. 
all the way to the top. No. But then there's eight of you doing it. <laughs> and there's eight coming each other. Like the whole level is suspended in midair. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Donkey Kong. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's like if you fall off, you're, you're dead. Yeah. And so you're just like pushing your way, trying to get to the top, avoiding the barrels. And, and you've knocked your own teammates off out of the way. Yeah. You're like, it's going to be me. I always loved um, the gun game in Black Ops 2. Yeah, gun game was fun. Where, you know, you, yeah, you just you start off with a pistol, and then you go to, I think it was a submachine gun, then a shotgun, then an assault rifle, yeah, all the way up. Mm-hmm. I always had a good time with that. Nothing's fancy. I I always like Capture the Flag. Capture the Flag is fun. I My heyday of Capture the Flag was Unreal Tournament. Like the first Unreal Tournament back in like 1999. See, I never played any so of the PC. Fun. Facing worlds, low gravity, rockets. Yep. Nope. Not, <laughs> not a lick. None of that made sense for me. Someone out there is going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Some guy's going to be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Motherfucking facing worlds. Rockets, no gravity. <laughs> ah, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. No, you don't. None yeah, of us do. Was, those, none of them. That might so Should have all been Mandarin. <laughs> Not a word. <laughs> but, uh, I, I just, my big gripe with video games now, I, I hate to sound like a cranky old man, um, but I'm just like, guys, you're, you're making it way too difficult. Yeah. They are. See, I'm not having that problem. Uh, not Not difficult in terms of, like, it's too hard to play. Just, like, more doesn't always mean better. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Sometimes less that. is more. It's, like, just too much. It's too much of it. Yeah, which is, I think, one of the th- one of the things that I really enjoy about Black Ops 2. Yeah. Is that it's just, you know, it's just a straight-up Call of Duty game, straight-up multiplayer. Um, although I'm, I'm hearing and seeing amazing things about Battlefield Hardline. I'm interested, but I'm, I'm hearing very mixed reviews about it. I don't know, because from what I've seen on some of the game sites I go to, like Kotaku and stuff like that, people are like, dude, this is this is it. This is the get Call of Duty killer. Really? It's interesting, like, uh, I think uh, Angry Joe, mm-hmm. Angry Joe Show, like, he did a straight-up, like, 45-minute review of being like, do not buy this game. Really? Yeah. I don't, I, I haven't seen that. I'm going to look that up, because I kind of want to hear his opinion on it now. Because yeah. from what I've seen, people are like, yeah. Because, you know, remember back in the day, it was always the Halo killer? Because always yeah. waiting for it, and then Killzone on the PlayStation was supposed to be the Halo killer. Yeah, and Killzone was a fun game. Yeah, um, and then you know people kind of were like, "Well, it's okay if Halo exists because now we have Call of Duty as well, stuff like that." But they're saying this is the Call of Duty killer, and to me, it's like, well, I can't. I think they can coexist. It's fine because, yeah. but then there's definite camps. There's yeah. people who love them some Battlefield and can't fucking stand Call of Duty, and then there's the inverse. Yeah. Um, See, I had to look deep in my heart and figure out what my stance was on Call of Duty. And where did you end up? Uh, I ended up to, that the only Call of Duties that I seem to enjoy are the Black Ops. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much into the zombie mode. I have the opposite. I'm not all that into it. Really? Yeah, see, that's what I'm excited about, about Black Ops 3. Mm-hmm. Because they said, they're like, oh, zombie mode. I'm like, all right. I'll be back to Call of Duty then. Yeah, well, I, I, I still have maintained my position that I want a, a good zombie MMO and I don't think Daisy is it. Yeah. Or uh, what was the other one? H1Z1? H1Z, I don't know. That's not it. Dead Island wasn't it. Dead Rising isn't it. Like I, I want a good... I want a game where you can jump in and like you're in the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Either solo or with a team. You know? Yeah. Odds are you're gonna, or you can like I want there to be like a Woodbury. Not like you know with the governor should I say but like there's a community you can join and you can live in and you can be safe. Right. But like, like I want, want the developers to say eventually they will get through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, if you don't take care of shit, like if you don't go on patrols and you don't run for food and something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want a legit zombie MMO. 
Okay, and especially if it's on a console, I will plunk down any amount of money. Yeah. Did you play State of Decay at all? I have not. You know, that's it's not an MMO. It's it, not like online. Yeah. You know, but I think that's probably the closest thing that I've played to what you're talking about. Where it's like a continued existence kind of thing. Yeah, it's like you start off and it's like the zombie apocalypse happens, mm-hmm. and then it's like you're just you're out in the middle of nowhere, and then like you you game people, like in your in your group, and you you know everybody has to worry about you know being fed and all this kind of stuff, and then you find shelter, and then you like build up the shelter, and then you have to go out on like supply runs. There's like different places you you could go, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I think it's like. You know, you could scout it out, and some of them might have, like, really good building supplies, or this place has a lot of weapons, or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, and you just, you have to get there, and... Yeah. So, I don't know. It was fun. I didn't... I played it, like, a lot when it first came out. But the problem was, is that uh, it came out literally a week before The Last of Us. Oh, and The Last of Us was going to kill it. Yeah, so I played it for a week. And then you got The Last of Us. Like, it, it, it held me over until... Because I was like, I'm waiting for The Last of Us. And then so I was like, okay, I'm playing this until the last one. And then I never thought about State of Decay again. I don't think anybody thought of State of Decay. Because yeah. The Last of Us still gets so much love online. The Last of Us is easily one of the best video games ever made. Ever? Ever? In the, ever. I've never played it. I, I watched the, you know, the, the playthroughs on YouTube. It was a scary-ass game. It's a scary-ass game. It's fucking compelling. It's mm-hmm. emotional. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, at no point... Was I ever like, feel this, you know, playing last of us. Like, whole time I'm like, oh, what is, I, okay, go around this corner. You know, fucking, you know, tactics and shit, Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. It was just, you're into it, man, when you're playing last of us. Uh, I love that it takes place in the same universe as Uncharted. Yeah. Yeah, that there's that Easter egg in Uncharted 3, I think. Yeah. Which, I'm curious to play Uncharted 4. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you and I forgot. What's your stance on the new Mortal Kombat? Um, I haven't played it. I haven't played it either. But it looks good. It looks good. And um, the last Mortal Kombat was pretty good. I didn't play that one either. So. I haven't played, dude, honest, I haven't played a decent fighting game since like Street Fighter 4. You know, I think you'd really like Injustice. Yeah. Just yeah. given my comic book. It's comic book Mortal Kombat? Yeah. That's pretty alright. But I, I can tell you why I wouldn't play it all that much. Because right. once I beat everybody with Batman, I'm alright. Because this is well, how it would go. Well, and... Because um, I'm not going to play as, like, Superman and, like, defeat Batman. No, I'll lose to him on purpose. <laughs> well, if you go if you do, like, the story, yeah. it's it's what, like, the Mortal Kombat developers, uh, like, Netherrealm or whatever they're yeah. called. Like, this, what they do now is they just they have, have the story mode where you play as a character for... Mm-hmm. like three or four fights and then it goes to another perspective from a different character so by the end of it you've played all the characters okay that makes sense and then so if you play the story you figure out like who you like and then all that kind of stuff who you don't yeah like I never want to fucking play with Cyborg again like that's why I was that's how I felt yeah because he's a terrible character yeah I was just like he, I, I, when I play fighting games I don't like playing like the heavies yeah me either I never liked playing Zangief or yeah. Honda in Street Fighter 2 yeah. that was always Ryu or Gil. Guile, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I was all about Ryu or Ken or like Akuma or Ken any of those other characters that are exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or Sagat or Edon. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I never played Ken yeah. in Street Fighter 2 because Ken always bugged the shit out of me. Yeah. Especially when it got into like Super Street Fighter 2 Alpha Turbo. Yeah. Um, and he had the long ponytail. Like yeah. he had the long hair and the short ponytail. Right. I was like, what? See, the reason why I used Ken is because even though he had the exact same moves mm-hmm. as Ryu, um, the reason I like Ken is that their uh, their throw was just different enough. Like, Ryu would just, like, you'd, they'd just throw him. Yeah. But, like, Ken did, like, a tumble. Yeah. He'd be like, bloop, 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 toss. <laughs> and I don't know, I like that more, so that's why I would play Ken. Didn't Ken also do, like, a, a hip toss? Like, he'd throw you over his shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Ryu did that. No, he did that. Did he? Yeah. Um, I think we've discussed this before, but I always leaned more towards the SNK fighting games anyway. Right. Like Fatal Fury, uh-huh. Art of Fighting, Samurai Showdown. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but for some reason, I like I played Street Fighter 2 in Mortal Kombat, and I loved them. Yeah. But I always enjoyed playing like Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting and um, King of the Fighters. King of the Fighters, yeah. Like where you get the, and King of the Fighters was the first like console like arcade game where you could have like three dudes on one team. Yeah. And then. Uh, I was always blown away by Marvel uh, versus Capcom mm-hmm. when you could have R- uh, Ryu and uh, Wolverine on the same team. Yep. Ah. Yeah, for me it was always uh, Wolverine, Ryu, and uh, Spider-Man. Me too. I went through those and people were like, I like Cyclops. Well, you're stupid. It's like, how do you even exist? Like, of course you do. <laughs> what? Like your mom should have swallowed you. <laughs> See, and I, I was like this, like um, I was really into like the super stylized, uh, like Japanese ones. Mm-hmm. There was like imports, like the Blaze Blue and. Uh, fucking uh, like Darkstalkers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark, Darkstalkers was fun. The ones that was just like the animation on them were like so fluid. It was like watching a cartoon. Yeah, it was like watching anime. Yeah, it's super into those. Um, which is shocking that you didn't that you don't like anime as much. I don't like anime. I don't understand that. I love anime. Like uh, the, I get the big thing right now is Attack. Attack on Titan? Well, Attack on Titan is having a bit of a resurgence because season two is getting ready to come out, uh-huh. and then the live-action movie is in production. Yeah. I got and halfway through the fr- the opening credits. And you're like, nope. And I'm like, nope, I'm not going to enjoy any of this. Um, There's, I think for us, there's this weird nostalgia of, like, Fist of the North Star and Akira and, you know. I never liked Akira. Really? It was too, eh, it's too sci-fi for me. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, Fist of the North Star, I was big into Ninja Scroll. Everybody loved Ninja Scroll. I loved Scroll. Uh, Vampire Hunter D. Yes. Even the sequel. I never saw the sequel. Blood, Blood, Bloodlines or something. That was pretty rad. See, but I think for our generation, that's that's anime to us. Yeah. Well, see, I, I really enjoyed the first series of uh, Death Note. Yes, Death Note was good. I got into that for some reason. Mm-hmm. You should finish it. You should finish it. Um, I, if there was one ca- anime that I would recommend to everybody, I'd say Cowboy Bebop. See, I've tried. I love Cowboy... That's my favorite of all time. Yeah, I've tried. I love Cowboy Bebop. I love Trigun. I love Full Metal Alchemist. I love all that stuff. Yeah. I've tried all that stuff. Samurai Champloo. It doesn't... It, it never connects with me. Wow. There was... um, I would love Appleseed. Ghost in the Shell. Um, I, and see, but I love the cyberpunk stuff, which, again, right. I hate that fucking term. It's so stupid. Because <laughs> I was associated with hackers, the right. movie hackers. I'm yeah. like, that is not even remotely close to cyberpunk. Guys, computers today can't do what they did back in 1995, <laughs> so shut up. Right. Um, I, I, I really love that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, you have cybernetics and you have people with, like, really cool guns running around. But mm-hmm. the thing about Ghost in the Shell, though, there was an actual story. Right. Like, they threw in all this other shit 
to help tell the story, which is, I think, really, really cool, a really cool aspect of anime that you don't see, that you can't see in um, live-action productions because there's no restriction on, on drawings. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, well, do you want to see a, a chick with a you know tentacle arm that has blades at the end of it? Yeah, I do. Right. Go for it. Sure. And then, you know, there's some fighting and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, um, God, what was, I forget what it's called, but there was an anime where it was just all guns all the time. Yeah. They're just shooting each other, just knock, but there was like a, there was like a 20 minute gunfight in every episode. I'm exaggerating for it. it was like well, no, and, and I think that's part of the reason why I have such a hard time with anime is because I, I feel like anime goes at, there's only two speeds. It's just like, it's either just this, just dialogue, talking about bullshit. Or just insanity. And then it just fucking, all of a sudden, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. it just, the energy go, just goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't ever feel a ramp up. I don't ever feel like there's a middle, middle ground. Right. And I don't like that. Well, I kind of felt that way about the Raid movies. I felt that there was a ramp up with those. Well, actually, I should say this. I felt like with the Raid 2, it was just like dialogue in between horrible, horrible things happening to human bodies. Yeah. Like, having watched it, finally. Did I tell you that I finally watched it? No, I thought you had. Oh, no, I hadn't seen it yet. I hadn't seen the whole thing. I'd seen bits and pieces of it, but I hadn't seen the whole thing from being in it. Mm-hmm. I will say that the Raid 2 is actually, they tried really hard to tell an interesting story. Yeah. And they did a good job. I mean, you can see where it's going. Mm-hmm. You know what's happening, and you know what's going to happen. But they tried really hard to not just make it about the fighting, but they actually wanted, Gareth Edwards really wanted to tell a story. Yeah. Now, the fight scenes in that movie are so incredibly well choreographed. I was, I love that movie. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. It's Great. infinitely better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, when Rama kills the dude with the bat. Yeah. And the bat is embedded in his face, and mm-hmm. he just kind of leans forward, but he can't go all the way down because he's got a bat smashed like halfway through his skull. Yeah. That's a badass way to kill somebody. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. It's great. I highly recommend it. Now, if you compare that to anime, I mm-hmm. think you will see there are really quiet moments in the raid too, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everybody's fighting and ripping each other apart, and then it's very, very quiet. They're talking, and they're in the, but now they're starting to yell at each other. And then there's the ramp up, yeah. And then it drops, and then there's the last, I think, 22 minutes because I rewound it and I timed it. Right. And I think it's about the last 22 minutes of the movie is nothing but fighting. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, I, I think I can handle it in, like, a movie scenario. Like a live-action film. Like a live-action film, or as, like, even an animated film. Mm-hmm. But as a series, as, like, this is how every episode is going to be? Yeah. No. So you're thinking that you can handle anime as feature films better than a TV series? Yeah, like, I uh, I love Miyazaki movies. Mm-hmm. I watch the shit out of those. Okay. Because that's that's about as far as I can go. Like if it's if this if it's going beyond that, like I, I'll, I lo- I'll lose interest. One of the things I don't like about anime is that they're continuing to you know, and I understand why they gear their stuff towards younger audiences. Uh-huh. But they think they need to remember, like you guys have a lot of you, considering my age, I'm 33. You know, you have a, a lot of older fans who are still really, really into anime yeah. and love it. Like, of course, we don't have the Vampire Hunter D banners in our room anymore because right. yeah. we want to have sex with girls, right. but. You know, we still appreciate the stuff that's on Netflix, and we appreciate the stuff that's available online. And I, I can't—I don't own any anime DVDs, right. but I will watch the shit out of a series on Netflix. Right. And see, even on the other end of the spectrum, there's there, there's a whole other end of that spectrum on on anime, 
because uh, one time I was uh, hanging out at my sister's house, mm-hmm. and my niece was watching something, some anime thing, and I sat down for a minute, and she's, you know, she's like, this is, I don't know, remember what it was called, but uh, she was like, this is my favorite anime. I watch it all the time. And so I'm sitting there, and it's like the characters are like these teenage boys and girls, and they're at their school being teenagers, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, for like 10 minutes watching like so well, I mean, when do the tentacles come out or yeah like somebody fucking whips out a sword that's like bigger than everyone yeah and she's like that doesn't happen in this it's just like dawson's creek this is cartoon. literally teenage boys and girls at their school, high school anime show mm-hmm. and you're like nope <laughs> like okay i'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> like i love you your family but no but jesus christ um <laughs> <laughs> I, I think yes and no when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I absolutely, like, but just given what I grew up with, Fist of the North Star, Akira, yeah. things of that nature, like, that's the anime, the kind of anime I want, like, Death Note, stuff like that. Yeah. If it's just, like, some slice of life, you know, bunch of kids at a high school, I, I'll, I'll watch the CW. Yeah. I'm not gonna watch that, but I'll, I'll sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like, no, I'm good. I want to see a robot chick Riding a tank into a fight against a giant robot. Yeah. Like, I felt bad for the animators. That this was their job? Yeah, it's like you're just animating, like, teenagers, like, having dramatic things. Teenagery dramatic you things. You don't get to ride a giant robot fighting a monster in Tokyo. That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Like, I imagine those, those animators have, like, their own version going on, like, at home <laughs> that no one gets to see. And you, know you just think that there's like some, like halfway through the conversation, somebody's head splits open and like this fucking knife tentacle comes out, starts carving up everybody around yeah. them. Yeah, like like two tentacles, one's carving up every, like all these dudes over here, and then like everyone's like raping all the ones over here. Yeah, and it's just like that's like they keep that at home. I would hope so, because of the, what they have to do day to day. Is see that's why I and then I don't know why, but at some point, and I was in my like early twenties, I got really really into Gundam. Really? Like, fucking hardcore, like, building models and, wa- like, having the models while I'm watching the show Gundam. Really? Because it was on um, Cartoon Network as part of the Toonami block. Mm-hmm. And one Saturday, I was home. I don't know why, because why would I be out with a girl? Um, I was at home watching Cartoon Network, as you would, um, and they showed, like, this six-hour block of Gundam. Mm-hmm. I think it was a G Gundam, which is considered one of the worst Gundam series because like instead of them fighting off world they're fighting in a tournament so the robots are fighting each other and it's like a martial arts tournament so everybody knows kung fu it was really stupid but I just found myself getting really really drawn into this and I was like I'm going to research Gundam now and I'm going to look into this and I'm going to become a huge fan and I did for like years for like I think like a yeah. solid five years yeah. I watched old series I watched some of the movies I built some models I built some like I spent a good chunk of time like I would put it was like it was Monday night I'd get home off of work mm-hmm. And uh, I'd get, like, some takeout food. Yeah. And uh, it was during my larger days. Uh, you wouldn't think it to look at me, but I used to be bigger. Um, and I would go home, and I'd put on Monday Night Wrestling, eat my fast food, and put me together a Gundam model, thus ensuring no girl would have anything to do with me. Right. And I, ha- I, I I only have, like, I think four of the models still that I kept because I liked them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, dude, I got hardcore into Gundam. Wow. And then for some reason I was just like, there was another series come out. I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. I can make you feel a little better. Okay. I think. 
because as we discussed before, my time is a CW. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Saturdays, when I worked Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. there was you know the cartoon block, and for whatever reason, I made damn sure that I had a breakfast burrito and nothing else to do when Yu-Gi-Oh was on. <laughs> you couldn't even do Pokemon. I couldn't do Pokemon. Like Pokemon, I was like, ah, it's like it grates at me. Mm-hmm. But something about Yu-Gi-Oh, I was like, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> oh man, don't say that. <laughs> I think I can do you one better though. Okay. Um, there was a point where I would be home on a Saturday and there was nothing else on but cartoons. Mm-hmm. But I made a point to never miss an episode of Digimon. Oh wow. Digital Monsters. Nice. And that is specifically written and made for kids. Yeah. Like Pokemon, adults still like Pokemon. Yeah. Even Yu-Gi-Oh because I think it's the cards. Digimon? Yeah. No, it's like this is for eight or nine year olds. I'm all fuck off. <laughs> I think it's okay. Digital monsters. Yeah, that's holding on to a little bit of your childhood. I guess so, but it's like yeah, Sorry. I know. I never got into Pokemon like a bunch of people our age bracket did. Nope. It's not that it bugged me. It was just like I just okay, whatever. So yeah, I think it was another one of those scenarios where I was just a bit older. Yeah, I missed it. Maybe that's my situation too. Maybe I, I'm aware of it. I know the story. I know what goes on, but like I'm not a part of it. Like, like I, I'm not part of the Pog generation. I was. That was like a year behind me. You just missed it. I just missed it. You missed out on circular pieces of like cardboard. Like, I was a freshman in high school, and then Pogs got huge. To you this day, I, mean? I don't know how to play it. I think you like, throw them at each other or something. No, like, you stack them, and then or you, you have, have like, a big one. You have the slammer, which is usually a coin. Yeah. And I had one yeah. that I, because I, uh, I was so into Power Rangers. Yeah. Like, it was gross like i saw the movies in the theater like i paid to go watch them <laughs> and i was in high school <laughs> so bad yeah but um i used to buy the power rangers pogs that was my big collection i had a big collection of power rangers pogs yeah and my slammer was tommy's green ranger dragon coin the one that gave him his power and it was big it was like a big green em- like emerald colored dragon yeah. coin it was yeah. all intricate or, or neatly detailed and stuff. i fucking i treasured that thing for like years like i would take it to school with me in my pocket and just be like, you know what? I should morph and just kick everybody's ass. I'm like, that's not... Shut up! Right. It's not going to happen. That's, but that's, like, how much I loved that thing. And then I got rid of all the pogs, like, a year later. Because they, they fell fast. Yeah. And then uh, I just... I kept like, that But they were serious for, like, a year or two. When it got out of hand yeah. is when they started doing... Because, like, it, it was pogs, but with, like, you know, whatever on it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then there were some that came in special shapes. But when they started doing things like ALF, ALF Pogs, really, kids were like, nope, yeah, Pogs are over, they're yeah. done, officially in the Pog makers were like, but wait, well, no, no more. See, see, for me, it was like, my middle, middle school experience was uh, uh, Marvel uh, collector cards. Mm-hmm. And then before that, I was really into marbles. <laughs> Which makes me sound like I was like fucking growing up in the 1930s and shit. You're right, I was spanky and alfalfa. <laughs> Were you guys sitting outside? You're like, ooh, I got well, a book eye. Marbles and stuff, and then you know we'd, we'd play actual fucking marbles. We'd have them in the circle. I never knew anybody who played marbles before. And like that was a big thing in my school, my my elementary school. Because if you knocked them out of the circle, you got to keep it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they had the different kinds. They all had the stupid ass names. Yeah. There's like the cat eyes, and then like the steelies, and then the trashies, and. Yeah, you should be embarrassed about that. No, the big thing for me in middle school was the X-Men cards. Not specifically Marvel cards, but X-Men cards. Yeah. You know? 
the nervous. Oh, I got like a, I got a foil Colossus. Ooh, yeah. Well, I got a, I got a original Angel foil card before he became, you know, Archangel. Oh. And I got into a fight with my best friend at the time mm-hmm. because he insisted that it was Magneto. That's how you pronounce it. No, it's Magneto because he's such a swinging cat. Your well, he friend. got in a little in a serious fight at did, lunch. Did you hit him? No, I mean it was like yelling at each other. Mm. Yeah, he was wrong. He was wrong. I hope he watches the X Men movies now and he sees people pronounce it Magneto and he cringes in embarrassment. No, see what happened. I, I actually did get to solve it because the next day I brought in my VHS of the first two episodes of X Men the animated series. Did you get those with that? The, I got at pizza? pizza Hut. So did I, dude. I had those. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you watch this. And we'll solve this here. And he came back the next day, and he was like, all right, it's Magneto. You knew you had a special VHS cassette when it came in a different color than black? Mm-hmm. When it was, like, orange cream colored? You're like, yep. don't nobody take this. <laughs> it's a collector's edition. Yep. Someone's going to want this one day. No one's going to want that one day. No one. Mm-hmm. Although I am seeing, like, this weird... You know you always, every so often, you bring up, like, the retro glasses and, the, like, this odd nostalgia that people don't need to have? Yeah. I see this thing online. People are making 80s VHS cassette like cover art remember how you used to go mm-hmm. to the video store and like it would be like very like you know cheesy they're making those for like interstellar and gravity and like guardians of the galaxy and stuff like that. I'm like guys we we moved past that for a reason well and, and in the uh in the independent film sector yeah uh, like real independence like there's there's becoming this trend of releasing your movie on vhs and like releasing it in a clamshell mm-hmm. like for real <laughs> And it's like you can buy it on VHS. It has its own like clamshell. It's not even a sleeve. It's just like a legit. Like, it's a but why? No, I don't know anybody who has a VCR. Neither do I. I don't have a VCR. But that's it's. I don't know. I do have VHS tapes though. I was going yeah. through my my storage, and I have Scream. Yeah. And Scream Two on with the VHS sleeve. Uh-huh. I have The Killer, Hard Boiled, and A Better Tomorrow yeah. on VHS. I have a bunch of old school John Woo movies. Um, I have The Matrix, the first one, mm-hmm. on VHS. Which is, like, I, I don't know what to say about that. Like, why, why I don't yeah. know why. But, like, part of well, me... Well, I have Evil Dead 1 and 2 on VHS. That's, like, all the VHS I have. But that's something you'd you'd want to keep. Well, and plus the thing is, is that my, my copy of Evil Dead mm-hmm. is, like, one of the first... It's, it was the first batch of VHS Evil Dead. They came in. Oh, so that's a collector's item. Yeah. I have The Frighteners on VHS, and it's got the hologram cover where the skull pops in and out. Yeah, nice. And I also have Tremors on VHS. That's a great movie. Tremors is a good movie. Dude, yeah. That movie came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's almost 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me sad. And I remember watching it and being like, this is the greatest fucking movie ever made. Like, they need to make 19 sequels. And all star Kevin Bacon. Didn't they? Well, they they did, but they didn't star Kevin Bacon. Oh no, because uh, they made Tremors two, mm-hmm. Aftershocks, and right. Fred Ward is in it. Right. And then Michael Gross is in it. Right. But then from then on, they've made I think three sequels to that, and Michael Gross has been in all of them. Yeah. Isn't, isn't uh, uh, um, country singer chick? Isn't she in all of them? Lisa McIntyre? Yeah. No. Oh, really? Because uh, the she I remember the. In Tremors two, we learned that um, Earl and country and Reba McIntyre got divorced because oh. all she ca- all he cared about was like he wanted to hunt down more graboids and be that be his occupation as a graboid hunter and she was like no I want to have a normal life and he's all fuck you bitch and they got divorced I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it went oh. 
Okay. I've seen entirely too much of her sitcom when that was on. Reba? Yeah. Oh, because you worked at CW. Yeah, but I actually kind of liked it, so I watched uh, it. <laughs> talk about a show for white folks. <laughs> yeah, that's white folks TV. No, that, Michelle. Wings, and, and uh, Cheers, Yeah. that is some white I never got into Cheers. I got into Frasier. I had a little bit with Frasier. You know what else was a, was a white people show? Mm. And you loved this show, but it drove me fuck. I couldn't watch it. That's King of Queens. Yeah, I like King of Queens. Yeah. I can't stand that fucking show. Because I do not like the actress that plays his wife, Leah Remini. Yeah. I want to throw her face first through a window. She bugs the shit out of me. Yeah. She's a complete bitch to him the entire time that show was on. That's true. That's true. And she was a Scientologist at the time. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like she's like, there are certain shows where like, you know, the wife character is fucking out. Like, and everybody loves Raymond. Uh-huh. Raymond deserves to get yelled at. Because yeah, he's a he fucking show. retard. He he's borderline retarded. Yeah. Or like you know, um, I was just watching uh, which one? Malcolm in the Middle. Uh-huh. Like the mom, Jane Kaczmarek. Yeah. Okay. Her character deserves a fucking castle because of what the shit she puts up with. The mom is the hero of that show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But in the King of Queens, no. Yeah. I don't know why Kevin James. Because I don't know if you knew this or not, but in real life, Kevin James trains mixed martial arts. Yeah. He's like a Caesar, like a devout Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. Mm-hmm. At any time, he could have leg kicked her so hard that her spine would have cracked in half. I'm like, why? Just hit her as hard as you can. I don't advocate domestic violence in any way, shape, like or form. Like, pick up her dad. Pick up her dad, and then be ever been so mad you hit a motherfucker with another motherfucker? Yeah. And, like, one of those things. Like, pick up your skinny brother. Pick up Patton Oswalt. Okay? <laughs> and beat the shit out of her with him. Yeah. I can't, I can't watch that show. Uh, like, I can't anymore, but I've seen it so much. Like, it was just, I don't know, maybe it was a bit of, uh, like, I had to watch it, so. It grew, it got, got you? Yeah. I don't know. I just, there, it comes a point where I'm just like, I know she's going to say something bitchy. She's going to complain about something. Like, the one episode I was thinking of is, he's, remember when Atkins was, like, the huge diet everybody was on? Like, I lost 45 pounds in six hours. Yeah. Yeah, but... What's going to happen when you eat that whole loaf of bread on Sunday? Um, and he, Kevin James, lost a bunch of, his character lost a bunch of weight on Atkins. And everyone's like, you look so good. Like, congratulations. I'm really happy for you. And her character just got so mad that people were paying him compliments. Yeah. Like, what a bitch. Like, yeah. fuck you. No, like, get a divorce. You kick her and her idiot father out of the house. Like, go be homeless. Fuck you. Get out of here. Right. I could that, I was like, I'm done. I'm never going to watch this show because I want to kick her in the face. I remember, I think my favorite episode was that, like, if he, like he made a bet on something mm-hmm. he wasn't supposed to like he was like he told her he was like I'm gonna take this money and I'm gonna bet on this thing and she's like you better not mm-hmm. but he did but then he won like a shitload of money and but she still got pissed off that he made the bet no because so he puts the money back because it was like so, like they kept like a thing of money on the fridge so he puts the money back uh-huh. but he's like I have to spend all this money today on stuff that I can't keep like food and shit yeah so it has to be like experiences not like stuff yeah so it's him and his buddies going around like like at one point they hire like eddie money to come and sing for them for like (laughs) a couple of hours like in the living room that's awesome i would do that (laughs) yeah it was a good shit i was good so he won like thousands yeah and they're like they go out to like this big steak dinner and like they go to like coney island or something and they're like riding rides and shit and you know and this is just like on a monday it was just like on a yeah on a they had to do it in a day okay spend all this money 
that sounds funny. Yeah. Like, that I would watch. But I'm sure at some point, she found out. I don't remember. Like, because there's no way he was going to get away with it. Yeah, I think she might have showed up when Eddie Money was, like, in the living room. And, like, how do you explain why Eddie Money's performing in our house? (laughs) I haven't, I got nothing. (laughs) I'm I'm fresh out of lies. (laughs) Yeah. See, I, I, it, it had moments like that that I think that. But see, like those it. seems to me like they would be few and far between. Yeah, they kind of were. Because and you know what's funny is that the CW here in town mm-hmm. still shows King of Queens. I'm sure they did. Now, talk about a show for white folk, The Big Bang Theory. I've seen the first three seasons of that. I watched it on Netflix. It after <laughs> I I watched I watched it. During a very, it was like a, I was depressed because I just went through a breakup, mm-hmm. and I was sat in my room, like upset. And they became your friend. Watch, no, not at all. Like, <laughs> it was adversarial me watching this. Okay. But it helped me work out my emotions. Okay. Somehow. Yeah. No, I watched them on DVD. <laughs> yeah. And when you don't have episode breaks. They all start to bleed together and then become one gigantic episode. Yeah, yeah. No, that's because I watched it on Netflix. Yeah. It was like the first three seasons. I, I can't... Like, I'll admit, there are moments of that show that are funny that made me laugh. Once per episode. Yeah. I don't think I ever laughed once. That show is, is painfully unfunny for the majority of the time. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just... No. Yeah. It's, and you know what I found? I don't understand why people have this like huge nostalgia and love for How I Met Your Mother. It's not funny. It's not. Like, and like, I'm sorry, but, and I, the way I heard it was, they would film the episode and then play it in front of an audience and record the audience's reactions so that when they aired it on TV, it sounds like a laugh track. Huh. Guys, it's, and I'm saying this to you, it's not as funny as you think it is. It's basically just friends. Minus one friend. Well, you know, I found that, like, I guess now that it's ended and, like, people were really upset about the ending. Mm-hmm. Like, now there's this backlash against it. I hope so. Which is kind of entertaining to see on, online. Where people are saying it's not as funny as they're, they're like, like, oh, that, that show turned into shit. It was. It's not funny. It was. I mean, it had, again, it had its moments. I, I, I watched the first couple seasons of it, and then it was just like, okay. but Because like, like, I felt like it, it, you know, it gave me whatever it was going to give me. And, mm-hmm. like, if I continued watching it, I wasn't going to get anything out of it. So why would I watch well, I find that it's it started doing the thing what most sitcoms do is like they they did in in season seven an episode that they had already done in season two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I can't deal with this anymore. And then there are shows that on TV like everybody uh, not everybody's room, but um, my name is Earl. I've never seen an episode. Okay. Of that. You need to watch that show, mm-hmm. or you need to watch um, Raising Hope. Okay. Those shows are hysterical from beginning to end, every episode, and they got three seasons. Or they got in. My name is Earl. They got yeah. They got yeah. three seasons, and then they were canceled. But my, how, my name is Earl was on for a while, wasn't it? I think it was only on three or four years. Okay. It wasn't on very long. Um, whereas How I Met Your Mother was on for nine seasons. Yeah. Didn't end well. Wasn't funny. And now everyone's like, no, it wasn't that good. Yeah. It really wasn't. Everybody, it kind of fucking sucked. Yeah. So, I think that's the mark of a good sitcom is if it struggles for the like the, the three or four seasons that it manages to get to mm-hmm. but it's like struggling to stay on the air yeah. it's like that show is probably really fucking good and I can I can name five right now yeah Arrested Development yeah okay. My Name is Earl yeah okay Community yeah Raising Hope okay and then I just forgot the other one alright but I had five I swear I had five yeah. but that's 
I think you have a good point where it's like, or you or you stay on the air, you start off so strong, and then you stay on the air so long that you become unfunny. Yeah. Like The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, news radio. That was the other one. Okay. See, there's like the thing about those shows, though, like, uh, and not even like How I Met Your Mother, or, but like King of Queens and shows like that. Um, like business wise, for some reason, those shows are like they're like syndication gold. Mm-hmm. And so, like that's why they stick around for for so long. I remember there was another show, and I can't think of the name of it, but it involved like. Uh, this couple and their kids, and then like, um, grounded the, for life. No, it wasn't grounded for life. It was more vanilla than that. Um, and it was like the 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 wife, her her sister and her husband and their kids, like they have to move in. Oh, um, still standing. Yes, I think that's what. No, uh, uh, um, yes, dear, yes, dear. <laughs> That show was on for, for like for 40 it years. Was, it was on, yes. <laughs> I know what you're talking about because that show was on for like six years. And I was like, why is this show still fucking on the air? Yeah. Because it's a terrible it's, show. It's syndication gold. Like well, for whatever reason, people watch it. People. It's not just that. Them. Like, have you ever seen that show Rules of Engagement? I think so. David Spade was on it and then Patrick Warburton who was the Oh, pick. yeah, yeah. Okay. I've seen like one episode of that. The reason those shows stay on the air for so long, and I've actually looked up this kind of shit so I know I kind of believe I have an idea what I'm talking about the reason they stay in the air for so long is because they are insanely cheap to produce Mm -hmm. they don't have an audience so there's none of that so they have a laugh track okay the stars on them aren't really stars yeah okay so they don't have huge paychecks they're maybe getting like $80,000 an episode each whereas opposed to the cast of Friends who's making a million dollars per episode in their 10th season which I guess is now going to start happening with uh, Big Bang Theory well, they just renegotiated yeah. like, like last season, yeah. and they didn't think the show was going to come back because they were asking for a lot of money. And well, as they have a right to, it's the number one show on TV. They can ask for whatever they want, uh-huh. and they'll get it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they're making like eighty thousand dollars an episode. Yeah. The show only costs like if you don't include cast member paychecks, mm-hmm. like three or four hundred thousand to produce. Whereas an episode of Game of Thrones costs six million to produce. Right. They stick those shows, they cobble them together, and, like, as I understand it, like, a lot of famous writers start off on shit like that. Yeah. Because you can just crank out, because you don't even have to be funny. You don't have to be funny. You don't have to follow a storyline, really, because those shows can be shown in any order. Exactly. Not gonna be like, there's no myth, there's no arc yeah. to it. Yeah. So you can just be like, whatever, so you can crank out literally three episodes in a month yeah. and just collect your check and then bounce. Yeah. Um, they sandwich those shows in between, uh, like, say... Just for an example, Two and a Half Men, which was a huge show, mm-hmm. and The Big Bang Theory. Let's say they're on the same night. They stick rules of engagement in between because CBS knows that the people are going to not turn their TV. Right. They're not going to go to something else, and they come back, and they might miss the opening joke on Big Bang Theory. They're not going to do that. Right. So they'll stay, and they'll watch that shit, and that shit has like four, five, six million viewers mm-hmm. because they're waiting for the shows around them. And then, so they're on high, they have high ratings. They're not getting canceled. Yeah. And then... Once you reach, a, the benchmark used to be 100 episodes meant syndication. Right. That doesn't exist anymore. Right. Now they're talking like 30 or 40 episodes because of shit like Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So you have 40 episodes, you're automatically in syndication. CBS is licensing that show to all those networks and all those area networks in town. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's piles of money that they're making. That's why they keep doing it. Like Mike and Molly with Melissa McCarthy, it's not fucking funny. I saw an episode of that on an airplane. It's terrible. It was garbage. And it's shocking because I'm like, you're Melissa McCarthy. And I think what happened was 
she was like her star it was weird because like she's been on Gilmore Girls but she wasn't Melissa McCarthy as she is now on Gilmore Girls she was like <laughs> funny you know like weird Melissa McCarthy yeah. so her stock was rising so, but she was like I need a show because I have kids I gotta support so she joined Mike and Molly and it's not funny and then she hit huge with Bridesmaids and she yeah. stole the show yeah. okay then her stock goes through the roof but she's stuck contractually to do this shit show and I guarantee you she hates it sure and the the lead actor Billy Gardell I believe is his name sure okay. he's a stand up comedian he's yeah. actually hysterically funny Okay. But like I, they don't get to generate their own material on that show. They have to do what right. the writers give them, and it sucks. Yeah, it's so terrible. I was just surprised that um, the girl from uh, Eastbound and Down was on it. K- uh, yeah, Katie Mixon or Minton yeah, or yeah. whatever her name is. Because Eastbound and Down was a certain. Did you ever watch the final episode of Eastbound and Down? Yes. <laughs> okay, he's such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's all in the future. He's like working in Africa. And he rides his hover bike into the village. <laughs> Like, you're a son of a bitch, man. I love that show. I loved every episode of that show. Yeah, and see, like, sh- stuff like that. But that show ended because they didn't want, they were like, no, we're, we're not going to do this. Yeah, they well, we told the story, we're done. Yeah, we're, and I'm sure HBO was like, we will back up a Brinks truck to your house if you do. Uh, yeah, you and, and I think they actually ended up, I think they ended up doing a season longer than they wanted to. They only wanted to do two seasons. Yeah. And then HBO convinced them to do one more season. Yeah. And that's why there's such a huge gap between season two and season three mm-hmm. in terms of when they were released. Because yeah. um, I was surprised when I saw that like there was going to be another season. I was like, oh shit! Yeah, I was pretty shocked. Yeah, not as shocked as when the. Although I guess I wasn't shocked as more I was like I can't believe they actually had the balls to do it to fire Chevy Chase from Community. Yeah, he's such a prick. Actually, I was gonna. Uh, you just reminded me. I was gonna talk about this on the last podcast, but I didn't think of it. And then we'll probably wrap this up. Um, have you seen the documentary on Dan Harmon? Harmon Town? Yeah. No. Watch it. It's fantastic. It's on yeah. Netflix, yeah. Um, I feel very connected with Dan Harmon now. <laughs> really? Okay, I'll check it. Don't tell you me anything check about it. it. Yeah, you should, you should check it out. Like, okay, I'll watch it, but don't um, tell me anything about it. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's great. Okay. Does it inspire you to want to create things? Yes and no. Okay. Like, it inspires you to want to create things, but then it also makes you feel like you shouldn't. Because of the way like, he... don't fucking bother. Because <laughs> the way he was treated. Uh, and just also kind of the way he is. Okay. Like, he recognizes, like, who he is and, like, how he reacts to things. He's not necessarily the best person. He's not necessarily the best person, but, like, he's still lovable. And in a way. In a way. Okay. It's 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 a good watch. Okay, I'll check it out. All right. Okay. So that's it for this part, for this cast. Yeah. Something heavy cast. So uh, watch watch all of Daredevil, and then we'll talk about the rest of it next time. Next time we will, we will talk about the... Um, grand finale of Daredevil. Um, there's a lots of more stuff on our channel. Yeah, we're putting a lot of uh, like older things, older films that we've made, um, short films, a couple of features, um, some how-to's that we made when we were younger and um, not as inexperienced as experienced as we are. Our dreams. And... This is before the world broke us. Yeah. We were like, let's try everything. Okay. Um, so yeah, so watch those. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Yeah, please. And uh, we will be back with a, a, a new movie time. Yes, in the, in the in the in the offing. In the near future. In the near future. But as always, I'm Robert, and I'm Chris, and uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.